Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Brothers, we're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. And welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Fran, uh, it's Baby Watch 2019. Uh, you're a weekend. What's been going on, man? How's Baby Max? How's the the, the, the uh, acclimation to the new surrounding? He's no longer in the womb. He's now in the world. Yeah. What's, what's new for you? What's new for him? What's new for, for the whole family? What's the new dynamics like? What's going on? Talk um. To it's cool. He's doing good. I mean, all he's doing is sleeping, eating, pooping at this age. Yes, yes, um, of course. As one would. Yeah, so other than that, he's doing great. Um, Sophia has gotten a little bad. Mm, er. Acting out. Yeah, you think different. Yeah, I think Noticeably it's, acting. Like, yeah. like, like maybe when mom's holding the baby now, it's like, look, I got yeah. the matches. Yeah, like when we got home, it, you can you can see the um, the change a little bit. Like she's mm. she's way, like today I had to put in time out. It's probably the first time I had to do that. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, uh, yeah, looking for that she's attention. Been, yeah, she's been yeah. showing out. So she's been showing out for sure. But uh, other than everything's great, man. I ain't complaining. I'm home chilling. Yeah, he's keeping me up. That 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 paternity leave is is uh nice. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's keeping me up, not getting any sleep. I was up at like five. But you don't got nothing to do the next day for no. a while. No, so it's like just chill. whatever you know. Just go to sleep at four. Yeah, but just I mean, still you still gotta wake up. Yeah, yeah. it's like Steph's up all the time. So it's uh-huh. like, can you? Can you change the diaper? It's like, oh, all right, I get up. Eyes fucking, God, eyes hurting and Red shit. Other crusties. And yeah, shit, yeah, but other than that, it's good, man. I'm loving it right now. I'm blessed. I can say that for sure. But um, everything's good. How about yourself? Things are great, man. You know, I have no children, so I've just been, you know, it's been the winter of me. You know, when I want to buy myself something to put under the tree for myself, yeah, I just go ahead and do that. Yeah, it's like I know what's what's coming, mm-hmm. but I still want to buy it for me, wrap it up, bing bang boom, mm-hmm. put it under the tree, and then Christmas come, oh, oh, AirPods yeah. too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, so that's <laughs> nice, you know, just to have all that, you know, disposable income. You know, uh, you know, um, you know, some some someday soon, I would like to have, you know, kids. You know, but right now. I'm just enjoying my money. Yeah. Uh, enjoying my ability to just be like, you know what? It's Monday. I'm off. I'm going to chop wood and burn it in the backyard and yeah. drink eggnog while I do that. Mm-hmm. And just that's what I'm going to do today. Yeah. And if I get drunk by two, I'll just take a nap because I don't have anything to do. Nobody right. needs me for anything. Right. You know, but then sometimes that creeping whisper in the back of your head of like, 
what is your legacy, man? Yeah. What's going to happen when you pass? Who's going to pass your name on? Who's yeah. going to pass these stories on? Oh, man, you used to you used to go off in the mall, hit all the malls. Who's mm-hmm. going to tell these Who's going to tell these stories? Who's going to echo these stories through eternity? Yeah. Those those thoughts creep in my mind sometimes late at night, but I just get over that and I wipe my eyes when I was extra money, you know? So, you know, it, it's it's a balance, you know? Uh-huh. So, but I think in the next few years probably pop one out, you okay. know, if Sierra's up for that. But right now, we you know, we're just enjoying, you know, all this, you know, this free time right uh, enjoying us and, right and all that kind of stuff so that'll get old at some point and then you know we probably want to you know s- you know fix that with a child mm-hmm. which is a great idea yeah um i wanted to get to let's get to potting though uh you know you know it's enough of us we've mm-hmm. discussed that there was an interesting twitter topic that came about this weekend i thought was pretty hilarious and i wanted to bring it here which was um about black famous mm-hmm. right so black famous has been uh coined by black twitter as the most famous you can be as a black person, mm-hmm. where every black person knows who you are, but then you haven't crossed over in the white world. White white people, you could go into a, a Starbucks, a, 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 you know, an Erewhon, a mm-hmm. Trader Joe's, and won't get stopped, harassed. Oh shit, I love you. None yeah. of that. Nobody knows who you are. And the question was that was posed posed on Twitter was like, who is the most black famous person you could think of? And you know, I heard, you know, it was everything from Frankie Beverly to mm-hmm. uh, you know Jason Weaver from the Jackson Five American Dream mm-hmm. and Smart Guy and a ton of things like that. Um, I said it was between Kim and uh, Tommy from Martin. Kim. Kim. You now listen. This is interesting because I think Kim is a very underrated answer because you're gonna say you don't know Kim, right? But do you know this song? If it's love, last forever, lifetime. If you ever go into any 50-year-old black mm-hmm. person's house or in their car, they're listening to Kim. Uh, so I, I think like a lot of black people our age might go, Kim, who's that? But then you Google who Kim is and put on a song, and you're like, oh, this is black people middle-aged music. It's a guy? It's a guy. But oh, his okay. voice is I very... thought it was a girl. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kim, and then obviously Tommy from Martin is, yeah. you know, upper echelon. I don't, you know, I think that's... That's about as famous as you could be. Tommy or anybody from that Martin cast yeah. is like every black because black. I've just I've told people white people this before. Martin is black friends. Yeah, the way white people feel about friends and oh pivot and all these like funny jokes they like from friends. Mm-hmm. That's Martin. Yeah, where it's just a part of the lexicon for black people. You know, yeah. Jerome in the house and all these things where you don't even have to. At you know the part of oh you know that's from Martin yeah. people just know it just yeah. is it's ingrained in the DNA mm. so I think Tommy from Martin is up there uh, I would like to throw it to you as far as you know I know you are a fan of black cinema mm-hmm. so who are some people that you believe are black famous where you know you don't know a white pe- if white people would know who they are but every black person knows who they are um, Chief Sosa I'm sorry Chief Keef Chief Keef. Nah, I disagree with you, man. Chief yeah. Keith blew up, man. Chief yeah, Keith true. had a hit. Yeah. You know. This is the kind of question you should have asked me before we got on air. Yeah, but I'm I like to get it raw. I like to get it raw. You know, I know I know you have a hard time coming up with names. We can just go through some stuff. Like, uh, I think that that black ball dude from he always plays the lead detective. I can't think of his name right now, but he you know, you know you fucked up, right? The one uh He was in National Security, he yeah, was with in the Minister yeah, Society, no. that guy. Eh, people like I that. Guess. I think I think all black people at least know his face. Yeah. But don't but I don't think any white people are hounding that dude, you know. Yeah. So I just thought that was an interesting question mm. uh, because I my my I think you know I think black people have a certain kind of uh, love for the people that they you know revere and and, yeah. and things like that that I that I admire because black people will hound you and ask you for a photo and all this kind of stuff, but it's it's entertaining in a sense. You never feel like uh, they're just taking the photo of you and they don't even know who you are. Yeah. I feel like if black people are getting excited, 
it's because they know who you are. I, I fucks with you. Yeah. You know, at least I, from my personal experience, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I've never watched the show before and I see a whole bunch of people lining up to, to take a picture with somebody, I don't care. You yeah. know, I need to know who, I'm not going to be like, let me get in on this. Mm-hmm. But that also could be a product of this new generation because these new kids just want the likes. Yeah. So they'll take, who are you? And oh, I'm Danny DeVito. Oh, I, whatever. Everybody's taking a picture with you. I'll take it too. Yeah. And then Google them later and then put put it on their Instagram. Me and Danny DeVito, hashtag Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> and then try to get 50 likes or whatever. Uh, That's kind of the goal. So, but I thought that was an interesting topic. I probably should have, you know, I, I know you're not yeah. prepared. Because it would be, it would have to be some, some type of BT something. Something like that. I figure it would, it would have to be somebody where it's like black famous, I would think. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Ving Rames is up there. Yeah. Ving Rames has been on a couple of crossover thing does some Adam Sandler shows yeah. and things also, like that also I don't watch a lot of TV so that doesn't but you've watched matter. TV you know you yeah know but the people you name is I, I would like Martin like I can come up with that but I mean other stuff I wouldn't I figured I, I don't I don't think I can come up with something like that especially this quick sure okay uh, fair enough you yeah. know fair enough I'll give you some time we'll, re- we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it throughout the length of the podcast maybe towards the end keep it around jumbling around in your head some, mm. some, some, some yeah. TV shows you've seen in the 90s some, some movies maybe. whatever and you know I'll ask you again at the end and I'll see, I'll see where you're coming from okay sure okay uh, I wanted to do a quick little addressing because um, it was, I thought it was pretty funny me and Sierra actually we went to go see some Christmas lights the other day and on the way there she was talking about how she bought a, um, a DNA kit Mm-hmm. And how excited she was to do the DNA kit so she could see, you know, her allergies and all those kind of things yeah. like that. Um, I think white people are very excited about those uh, ancestry kits yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, not to not to say that black people aren't, but me personally as a black person, but I also might be because I do all this true crime shit and I just don't want the government having my DNA. Like they have everything; they have your social security number and your yeah. face and that. And also, I don't want to see what kind of diseases I'm or some type of. Cancer, fair enough. Um, Ignorance is bliss for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't f- want that to be fair in my head. Fair enough. I I um I wanted to read this article that recently came out because it kind of re. I already am pretty firm in my stance where I'm like I don't really want to do that. But this was a funny little thing, not to debunk the the ancestry test, but uh it affirmed to where it's like well you know black people might not get the most bang for their buck from doing the ancestry test. So ancestry test. So I want to just read this article. So. The answer, I mean, the, the article is titled Genetic Testing is an Inexact Science with Real Consequences. How flawed genetic testing could be used for more than screwing up your race. So this is a personal story from somebody. So um, they, they say, uh, three years ago, I put my faith in the hands of 23andMe DNA testing and got burned. While most of my results initially checked out, about 50% South Asian and what looked like a 50% hodgepodge of European there was a glaring surprise where roughly 25% Italian was supposed to be Middle Eastern stood in its place. The results shocked me. Over the years, I had made a lot of my Italian portion of my, of my heritage. You know how white people are. Mm. I'm Irish. I'm Scottish. I'm this Sicilian. Yeah. So she was one of those. You know, mm. She got the Viva La Vida Italian words around their apartment. She's really committed to I'm this. Yeah. Right. She's one of those. So she's like, let me just go ahead and see what else I am. So she did the DNA test. Anyway, over the years, I had a lot. I had made a lot of my Italian portion of my heritage. I had learned the language, majored in Latin in college, and I lived in Rome, Italy for my semester abroad. Still, as a rational person, I believe the science. But my grandmother, whose parents moved from Sicily to Brooklyn, where she was born and grew up speaking Italian, refused to accept the finance. So this like 26 year old girl went to her great grandmother or whatever and was, uh, 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 bambina, uh, 
we are not Italian. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? What do you mean? I was born in Sicily. I am Italian. How can you tell me this my whole life? And she's mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, Grandma. The science, you, you aren't Italian. You're Middle Eastern. So stop saying you're Italian. Grandma, yeah. who's lived as an Italian, whole family going, to, oh, Maron. Mm-hmm. You know, all just the whole family's a, a caricature of Italian people. So you can just make up shit and just... Well, this is what they thought. This is, you know, this is what they they believe for generations. We're an Italian family. And then this one sister or this one granddaughter who took a test comes through and is like, hey, guys, uh, stop making the the gravy for the spaghetti. Uh, We're not Italian. Is that necessary, though? It is in today's culture. She wanted to be Little Miss uh, um, actually and go, hey, guys, you're all you've all been living a lie. So we're Middle Eastern. Here's the twist, though. So again, like her grandmother was like, no, I don't believe that, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward to this summer when I got an email about a new DNA relations on, uh, yeah, about new DNA relations on 23andMe and re- uh, revisited my updated genetic results, only to find out that I am in fact a quarter Italian and uh, generally Southern European, so like the hodgepodge thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was too late to tell my grandma she's dead and now I'm a liar. Wow, <laughs> that was just a. That's what she gets. It's a funny blunt. <laughs> <laughs> She's dead and I'm a liar now. Uh, this sort of thing happens a lot because ancestry DNA testing and genetic testing in general is an inexact science that's prone to errors through almost every step of the process. As my Vox colleagues, as I said this is a Vox article, uh, Brian Resnick has explained, some small amount of error is uh, unavoidable within the technical portion of analyzing your DNA. Making the results of these tests even more unreliable is the fact that their whole ancestry component is based on self-reported surveys from people who say they belong to one ancestry or another and inherently flawed practice. Sample sizes vary by location and by testing company, so there's a big disparity in DNA quality, I mean in data quality, especially if you happen to not be white. That's because Europeans are much more represented in DNA databases and therefore much more exact information can be gleaned about their DNA. So basically, all they are doing is is getting uh, DNA, uh, you know, like how it looks. It's basically just lines. Mm-hmm. And then they take a survey from the people that they've done the DNA test of and they go, well, I'm Irish or I'm Greek or whatever. And if they have one person who says they're Greek and this person says they're Greek and their lines on their DNA match up, then they go, these lines equal Greek. Now, I'm sure they have like some type of disclosure or something when you sign up for this, right? Oh, and I, that's in this too, which I'll get to, which is a, this, uh, which is another reason why I probably will never do a DNA test. Right. But I will get to that. But go ahead and ask your question. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm yeah, sure you it's something you have just to like, read. Just like a, a terms of agreement, like yeah. a, like when you get an a, 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 a iTunes update or whatever. Yeah, they, you have I'm to sure it's, Yeah, I'm saying, but I'm saying that if you if you actually read that before you go ahead and click, I agree. Probably I'm some sure they don't. Like, it's, this is inexact. They probably say they probably say it in there. Probably like, it, it's not it? 100% accurate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. But, you know, everybody, but those things have blown up over the last few years, those 23andMe's and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So people are living by them. Like, yeah, um, but that's I'm what... 1%. A lot of white people are like, I'm one per- I'm 6% Indian. Mm. I'm 7% African-American yeah. and these kind of things. But where it gets foggy with this is like, as a black person, if we, if you're, you know, from some tribe in Africa, if you're some, from some small country in Africa, let's say mm. you're from Zimbabwe or whatever. Yeah. If, 
if black people aren't taking the survey, then they don't have a ton of DNA to say, oh, this DNA is Zimbabwe. Yeah. This DNA is from this country in Africa. This is South African. This mm-hmm. is, you know, you know, you're from this tribe or what you you are a descendant of this. Mm-hmm. Because people aren't contributing to the DNA uh statistics. So it's hard for them to gauge what black and brown people are because they don't have the the database for them. So it's easy to go, well, this person's French because we have a six million people who've done the ancestry and submitted their DNA and told us that they're French. So we know what French looks like and Irish and German and whatever, Nova Scotian. But we don't know what, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, when you're from like, you know, you know, I don't know can't think of any African countries right now for some reason. But, you know, whatever, whatever it is, my point is uh, they don't have a ton of those in the database. Mm -hmm. So they might run across your DNA and just go, I don't know, "Eh, that's African. You know, so it might not be really it might not be that accurate for some people. Some people can be for the easier ones and some people who don't contribute. So that's me as a black person. My stuff might be inaccurate because they don't have a ton of black people to Mm. say you're from this or you're from that specifically. They're just going to go, you're from the African region. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I didn't need to take this to tell for you to tell me that. I know that. Yeah. I, that's just, look at me. I just could guess that. You yeah. Know? So uh, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, another thing. So to get to what you were saying, um, uh, the, the article continues, of course, what would be much more troubling than getting someone's heritage or hair color wrong is using that information to inform decisions made about that person. And as more people submit their DNA genetic testing to uh, to these companies and more law enforcement and government agencies figure out ways to use this deeply personal genetic information, it could be used against us. Making matters more concerning is that there are very few legal safeguards on what companies and governments, sorry, Bert, uh, what companies and governments can and can't do with the data gleaned from uh, direct to consumer genetic tests. So basically, these companies that you send your data to, mm-hmm. they have in their um, you know terms of use or whatever, they can sell it. They can do whatever they want. Yes, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the big part. But they can do whatever they want to it. So they can you know they can make up assumptions about okay, uh, you know how you know most black people get sickle cell, like mm-hmm. or or like not most black people get sickle cell, but it's a it's become kind of like a racial disease yeah. it's like mm-hmm. mostly black people get sickle cell yeah and i once did the research on why that is and i can't really remember right now but if they can use that to send to a uh a medical insurance or a life insurance company and they go okay well mexican people are more uh prone to getting cancer so mm-hmm. you won't some some uh some uh, life insurance companies or medical insurance companies might not insure you because they go where well, you're Mexican. They yeah. might not say that's why. They'll just say you aren't approved. We don't want to do. We don't want to give you a policy. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's the concern going into the future as more and more people give their evidence. You know, their DNA to these companies and they start sharing it with other businesses and people start informing their decisions based on information on a piece of paper, which is what every business does. Mm-hmm. They go, okay, well, you know, okay, uh, Jamaican, Jamaican people crash their car a lot yep. or whatever you about know? the numbers yeah so um that's a big concern and this was interesting too so under existing law it would be legal for it would be legal to very broadly share consumer information if you disclose that if you disclose what is happening in the privacy policy in terms of service within the consumer uh w- within the consumer uh you know uh, agreement uh a researcher at Vanderbilt University Medical Center who has done research on genetics, te- genetics test privacy policies uh, said that uh, companies don't have to stick with 
existing privacy policies either. Nearly every company reserves the right to change their privacy policies at any time. So once you agree, they can go back and change them within it mm -hmm. and you already agreed to them. Yeah. And or they'll just call in an update and go, hey, you just got to press agree to this real quick. But they change something in it to where they can they change it to whatever. And mm -hmm. most people, what does it say? Yeah, uh, uh, only under 10% of people in this country and probably around the world read the, the terms of agreement. You just yeah. you just agree. Mm -hmm. You know, so these companies are doing whatever they want with this information and people are signing up left and right to, to freely give it to those companies. I just thought that was... Interesting, because me and Sierra had that discussion other day. She goes, "Why don't you do it?" And I was like, I just "What do you send here?" You swab your mouth with a with a Q-tip. Okay. You get the corners of your mouth and whatever mm -hmm. under your tongue and whatever, and you put it in a little vial, mm -hmm. and then you put it in the mailbox, and then you know a week later or whatever, they send you a little printout piece of paper. You uh, are allergic to apples. Mm -hmm. You no, thank you. Yeah, all that kind well, of. Well, somebody, well, somebody like steals a whole bunch of them and then do crimes and then put them places and shit. Well, that's dark. Well, that's a big concern too, you know. That's but also on the flip side of that, that's how they caught the Golden State Killer. So it has its positives, but that is also still using somebody's genetic information against somebody. Yeah. Now that guy's guilty, of course. We always we always need to be the devil's advocate. It's hard for people to be devil's advocate sometimes. So it's mm. it's like, yes, the Golden State Killer's a bad guy. He killed people, and because somebody in his family did twenty three and Me or Ancestry.com or whatever, they were able to find a match and you take the DNA from those crime scenes mm -hmm. and just know. like uh the the one guy from California what was his name Golden State Killer that's, that's not what he was called that's the, the Ripper the uh wasn't his name it wasn't the, the black guy the one oh the Grim Sleeper yeah him yeah they got his but they just got his off like a, a soda can out of a trash can from his son though wasn't it from his son yes I'm uh, I'm I'm it was like a party or something? Mm, no, no. He, it was at a pizza place, but it might have been his son. It was his son. It was his son's DNA that they, that yeah. they used. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. But this is more... This is even less personal. This is just calling a company and saying, send yeah. me that DNA information. Yeah, so yeah I, I was just saying. No, yes, yeah, it's similarities yeah. in that, but this is on a broader scale yeah. is, is the concern. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can, you can be somewhere and not be the person that committed the crime. So they find your DNA somewhere... And then they go, oh, Ancestry.com, okay, his spit was on the crime scene. Yeah. And then let, his DNA matches this person, and this person must be his cousin based on how close the DNA is close. So let's get all this person's cousins mm -hmm. and bring them in. I wasn't saying that, though. I was saying, what if somebody just steals them? And just throw Q-tips with DNA yeah, on just them. Fucking <laughs> just just intercepts the inbound a, where they a, come yeah, from, and they is, just take them and just fucking... Yeah, just leave them. Yeah, just that's a lot less complicated than what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah that's true, just purely just throwing DNA somewhere. Anything's possible at this point. Hey, man, yeah, hey. That's why I stay in the house. <laughs> I don't go nowhere. You're not gonna, and I'm, that's why I don't put my DNA just on Q-tips on Q willy-nilly. Yeah. I just don't... I don't see throw myself my Q, doing those... Throw my Q-tip on some dead white lady and now I'm, you know, fighting for my life. Yeah. No, it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. I just don't... Nah, man. It's not even about that. I just don't want no... Don't want no bad ideas. Just... I get Yeah, it. I you might be that. fucking prone to fucking... I don't know. Rickets yeah. or something. It's yeah. like... Everybody in your oh, family what? tree dies before eighty. Exactly. You know, you're like, oh, well, now I'm thinking I'm gonna now, now, now it's in my head. Now it's in my head. I'm not gonna Can't make get it. rid of it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I don't yeah. know. I think there's different levels. Mm -hmm. Like you can get super deep, but you could also just get the where do I come from? Bryce. Oh, okay. Yeah, like what country? Huh? Yeah, like what country am I from? And mm -hmm. then there's the what am I allergic to or what diseases am I prone to? That's yeah. I think there's levels. I don't think they get all of them in one oh, go. Okay. You you can go. 
keep that. Yeah. I just want to know if I'm, you know, South African mm-hmm. or if I'm, you know, what tribe I'm from or if I'm from here, if, yeah. whatever. That's, that's if I'm from, from Cape Verdean. I just want to know that. Yeah. I don't want to know if I um, am I'm prone to this. Yeah. Well, you I keep my DNA to cough. myself. I don't want not passing that well, you, around like you that. definitely don't keep your DNA to yourself because you have two kids. <laughs> Good one. Anywho, uh, <laughs> anywho, I wanted to send a quick shout out to the ladies at um, it's about De- it's about them crime podcast, Brittany and Justine. They are uh, closing up shop after uh, they got a couple of more episodes to do within this year, and then they are done. You know, Ooh, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Brittany and Justine from the It's About Them Crime podcast. Okay. Um, they've always you know showed us love and, and been very supportive, and vice versa. I think that what they do is dope. So I'm sad to hear that you know. Uh, they're not going to be doing it anymore but this shit is a grind man like you know if you have a job and a personal life and all these kind of things you really got to find you got to find a way to make it work and i know either Brittany or justine one of them moved to california they both were in vegas but the other one moved to another state so mm-hmm. you know it's hard to find time on the to do a skype call and all these kind of things and so i guess you know some you know that's the way it goes so you know sometimes stuff just can't sustain you know but you know you got a whole kid, so I appreciate you coming through and you know and keeping the magic going. We got because we got to feed these streets, man. Yeah, you know we made a commitment. But I, as again, as I've told you, whenever you need, if you need to, if you can't make it in, because I, if you got a whole person at your house shitting and peeing everywhere, mm-hmm. I understand if you know the the burden can get a little you know hard to carry. Yeah, you know. So well, he's not shitting and peeing everywhere, but I get your point. Shitting and peeing, has he shitting shat and peed in all of the rooms in the house? No, he shat. No, no. Yes, keep him in one room, quarantined or. What do you mean he's shitting people? I'm what saying you go, down, you go down the living room. He's hanging out in the living room. I'm saying shit's in his diaper, but it's yeah. everywhere. It's like, it's here, then he shits yeah, there. Yeah, but it's not that big of a burden. Room. It's not that. Yeah, because you know, I, I mean, that's, I don't know, you don't have I don't kids. Have kids. Yeah, but I, don't that's know. The t- I know, I get it, because what you're saying, but it's not It's not that type of burden All where right, you man, go. All right, man, you have to make me feel stupid. I don't know. Okay, well, let me finish. But it's not that type of burden where you go, oh, I got to cancel my whole day because he shit in his pants. Like, it's not that. It takes five minutes to change your diaper, bro. Okay, well, you know, I'm just saying, you know, five minutes adds up. How many times does he shit a day? I don't change them all the time, though. Okay, well, you know. It's two-parent household. Got, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, just guy, I'm sorry. Look, I, I, everybody, everybody, hey. everybody isn't as fortunate as you to have yeah, two-parent household. Well, I just got to, you know. That's I not gotta, everybody didn't live that life. Yeah. My mom was doing it dolo. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I just got just to check you for a second. I, I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and, okay, and, and please hold me accountable because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I know. <laughs> so, that's, and, and, so please feel free as a parent to step in and let me know, hey, man, that's not true. Babies don't do that So because I don't know. I know. Yeah. I, so, so yes, I appreciate <laughs> that. But my my point was, it was yeah. coming from a place of love. If ever it becomes a burden, something a little bit, yeah. let me know, and you know, I'll, I'll call Sierra off the bench, and she's always good for a quick fifteen, and yeah. you know, three assists, and two, appreciate that, two rebounds, right? You know, not a not a great game, but yeah. she can put in a good game, yeah. and we can hold it down if you ever can't make it in, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, she's not she's not Hall of Fame, but she's a nice. Derek Fisher, yeah. you know, she come through. You know, I would liken her to maybe like a like a, a Jared Dudley. Yeah, you know, she I mean, it's, it's levels to this. So I mean, I get it. Yeah, you know, and she doesn't do this on the regular. So right. for her to even be able to come in and and, and compete on these levels and feed the streets the way she does, because yeah. she gets a good reception. <laughs> so whenever you say the word, I try yeah. to do it. Terrible. I try to do it. Whistle with the it. mouth, yeah. with the hands. I didn't work, but you know, I blow, whoop, blow the whistle. Yeah. Come off the bench. Suit up. <laughs> So you just let me know and we can make it work because the train does not have to stop. Right. You know, not saying anything towards Brittany and Justine. I understand. Mm-hmm. It can get hard and complicated and shit. But this right here, we're going to do our best to keep the train rolling. Right. And, and any kind of speed bumps that come in the way, we're going to treat them just like that. The car can still get over a speed bump. It's yeah. not going to be It's not gonna be as comfortable when it wasn't a speed bump, but it's, it's going to get over it. Right. We're going to get over to the other side. So, Shout out to them now. 
absolutely shout out to them. You know, they always show love and, and support and all those kind of things. And, and they had a great podcast. So, you know, check out those last two episodes and, you know, and, you know, much love to them. With that being said, we're going to take a uh, quick break. I want to roll out with, you know, on the, while on this black famous to- uh, topic, I want to play. Um, I think we could agree on this friend. This is probably uh, the cookout anthem. I may, have, I may have played it before, but it doesn't matter. Um, there was a lot of discussion about if white people know who Frankie Beverly is. Um, so if you don't know who Frankie Beverly is, this is before I let go. You cannot go to a cookout for more than 20 minutes and not hear this song. Um, so, you know, here's a little taste of the culture. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. You made me happy. This you can dance. You stood right beside me. your turn to go first this week so please uh you know let me know what's what's going on yeah so my first murder this week is um about christopher wilder <clears throat> wilder yep christopher wilder so wilder was born on march 13th 1945 in sydney australia the son of a son of an of an american naval officer mm-hmm. and um and an australian national <clears throat> he nearly died at birth but recovered and almost drowned in a swimming pool at the age of two. Mm. On January 4th, 1963, he raped a 13-year-old girl wow. in company with two other young men, both of whom denied being involved in the actual assault. Wilder was sentenced to probation and claimed later in life that he, that he also received electroshock therapy. Never works out. What well, never works out? Electroshock therapy. Yeah. I have not heard a case of where somebody goes... Yeah, I, I was a very violent person, and I got electroshock t- therapy, and now I'm a doctor. It's always like it got worse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every time. I mean, I think it's like a terrible strategy to use to to deal with a mental. Yeah, issue. and that's why they don't anymore, <laughs> yeah. thankfully. So th- um, there's evidence that this treatment aggravated his violent sexual tendencies. However, journalist Duncan McNabb claims that. There is no evidence that Wilder underwent electroshock therapy. Mm. He also suggests that the story of Wilder's near-drowning event was an invention of Wilder himself. Oh, so he's a habitual liar. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Wilder married in 1968, but his wife left him um, after one week. A week? Yeah. Wow. I gotta even go that far to be like... Yeah, 
Did they get married after a day? Because I mean, I, I don't know how you. Do, I don't know how that works. Because it only yeah. took a week of marriage for you to leave. Maybe he slipped. How up. How long did you date? Maybe he slipped up on his like his second personality or something. Something. He let. He just let some yeah, slip. Some. Yeah. And she was, she like, was like, "That's a big red yeah, flag." Smart nah. lady. Smart lady. Nah, bro. She came in, you know, the kitchen, he, and he was like, "Shut up, bitch." But he and he goes, "I wasn't talking to you. I was yeah. talking to. <laughs> I was talking to Roxanne. Yeah. Like, Who's that? My other wife." And oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, smart for her. That one I'm time, out. she I'm was out. just like, "Nah, not." Yeah. Maybe. Nah, he's he must have. You know, it's a long day of work. Yeah. He must have worked like he yeah. worked like fifty hours this week. He had a little slip up. No, no, he's crazy. And I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> So he immigrated um, to the United States in 1969 and lived in Boynton Beach, Florida, mm. in an upscale home, and was su- and he was successful in real estate okay. while developing an interest in photography. From from about 1971 to 1975, he faced various charges related to sexual misconduct. Oh yeah. He eventually raped a young woman he had he had lured um, into his truck on the pretense of photography. F- photographing her for a modeling contract yeah so that's that was his that was his strategy for sure people yep. gotta be leery of that too it's more than ever these days man because everybody is looking for the photo shoot on the low yeah. was it a young woman yeah you mm-hmm. know every girl wants to pop in prom photos or whatever and it's a bunch of dudes with phones camera phones i've seen people doing photo shoots with camera phones yeah you come to me with a of, you know, trying to do a photo shoot with the camera phone, like <laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. No, I'm, thank you. I'm fine. I could have did this at home for all. Like, I got the new iPhone. Like, yes. I'm, I'm me too, it. man. I don't need. <laughs> you're not doing anything I couldn't do. <laughs> so people got to be leery of that more yeah. than ever. I would say because everybody wants content and pictures and all this kind of stuff. That's a crazy. That's a crazy lure. Yeah, and this was in the '70s. So yeah, yeah. Shit. Um. So this, this was to become part of his mo during his later rape and murder spree. Despite several convictions, Wilder was never jailed for any of these crimes. Of course he wasn't. So on April 13, April 13 1980, Wilder attacked and attempted to abduct 17-year-old Carla, Carla Hendry in Beverly, Massachusetts, but she managed to escape. While visiting his parents in Australia in 1982, Wilder was charged with sexual offenses against two 15-year-old girls whom he had forced to pose nude. His parents posted bail and he was allowed to return to Florida to await trial. But court delays prevented his case from ever being heard as the eventual initial hearing date of April 1984 came after his death. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yep. So in early 1984, he began a bloody six-week cross-country crime spree in the United States. He would leave in his wake um, a total of eight to nine female murder victims. Mm. So the first murder contributed to to Wilder was that, was that of Ros- Rosario Gonzalez, who was last seen on February 26, 1984 at the Miami Grand at the Miami Grand Prix Miami Miami Grand Prix where she was employed as a spokes a spokesmodel. Mm. So Wilder was also at the race where he raced some type of fucking Porsche 911 in the race. Oh. So he was actually in the race. Um on March 5th Wilder Wilder's former girlfriend Miss Florida finalist Elizabeth Kenyon oh, so went he missing. likes he likes pretty women. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So this, that was his girlfriend. Um, neither woman. Has oh, the woman ever, that he killed. This was she was a Miss. This is somebody else. Yeah, Miss Florida was his girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. And then the girl who was a spokesmodel at the she race. Just, that's a different person. Yes, a different person. Yep. Okay. So neither woman has ever been found. Oh, Police wow. link Wilder to both women after consulting a private investigator who had been hired by Kenyon's parents to discover information related to her disappearance. So on April on on March 18th, Wilder led 21-year-old Teresa Wake Ferguson away from Merritt Square Mall in Merritt, 
Merritt Island, Florida, and murdered and murdered her, dumping her body in the Canaveral Groves, mm. where it was discovered on March thirty, March twenty third. Probably used that photography thing again. Lured Possibly, her away from yeah. the mall. Yep. Um, so while this next victim was 19-year-old Linda Grover from Florida State University, whom he abducted from the Governor's Square Mall in Tallahassee, Florida, and transported and transported to Bainbridge, Georgia mm. on March 20th. She had declined his offer to to photograph her for a modeling agency. Mm, so he just said, fuck it. Yep, after which he assaulted her in the mall parking lot. That's rough, man. Because yeah. I was going to say... I was going to say it's very important, again, speaking to somebody who doesn't have any fucking kids, but I was going to say it's very important, especially with, with women or girl, young girls. Mm-hmm. You should always let, as the parents, you should always let your kid know how special and pretty and all these things are yeah. so that that shit doesn't work with some stranger who's, oh, you're so pretty. Let me photo- let me photograph you. It's like, I already know I'm pretty. I, you're not, that's not flattering me. I'm going somewhere. Yeah. I, as a... Obviously, as me as a young teenage boy, I hated girls like that. But as a man now who, you know, and when I say girls like that, I just mean like a girl that knows she's pretty. When you're a guy trying to get her phone number, it's like you're just not going to get her phone number probably because yeah. there's nothing you can say to to lower her defense. She, she, yeah. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. But as an adult who looking down on these kids is like, I would, that's a much better safety net. Yeah. Now, unfortunately for this girl, she said, no, I know that. I don't need you to photograph yeah. me. And he just said, fuck He's it, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. her. Yep. That's unfortunate. But she still put up a better defense than somebody who, you know, fell for his, um, his you know, kind demeanor and compliments and just went with him willingly and then got stuck somewhere. Yeah. So I just, I think it's always important to just let girl, boys too, let boys know that they're special and handsome and all these kind of things. So they're not looking for validation somewhere else. Yeah. From somebody who could just give that to them and then use it against them for their own purposes, you yeah. know? So just, you know, compliment your kids, man. Let them know they're awesome and great and special and sweet and all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah. you know, now they could still, it could still go wrong, but yeah. you still want to want your kid walking away from you and out of your house with confidence and yeah. their head held high. Yeah, I agree. Um, So while the tide, Grover's hands wrapped her in a blanket and put her in the trunk of his car. Grover was taken to Glen Oaks Motel and was raped. Mm. Wilder, Wilder blinded her with a Blow dryer and super glue. Oh fuck! Like he glued her eyes shut. I would. I guess. I mean, I didn't. I didn't get. Once he said blow dry, I didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand what. I feel like he poured a bunch of glue over her eyelids and then I and then, and then and used the, dro- the the blow dryer to to dr- make the glue dry faster. Jesus. Yeah, with her with her arms and legs being tied. It's, yeah, it's nothing you can do. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um. So he applied copper wires to her feet and passed an electric current through them. Jesus. Yep. When she tried to get away, he beat her, but she escaped and locked herself in the bathroom, where she began pounding on the walls. Wilder fled in his car and took all of her belongings. So shout out to her, man. Making strong no, young yeah. woman. Yeah. Jesus. Fought through all that, got somewhere, closed the door, and just make as much noise as you can. Man. God mm. damn. Yeah. Fuck. With the <clears throat> eyes glued shut. Yeah. Fuck. So on March 21st, Wilder approached Terry Walden, a 23 year old wife, mother, and nursing student of. Uh, nursing student at Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. About posing posing as a model, she turned him down, but ran but ran across him again two days later. And said okay this time? No. I mean, oh. that's just... He kidnapped her the second oh, time. Oh, he, 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 I mean, he didn't take her no for... He didn't take her no for... He was like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm going to get you. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. Wow, he stuck around. That is... That's fucking terrifying. 
Um, so That's yeah. got to be a terrifying moment, especially for a woman to see somebody that you yeah. had a some kind of altercation with or something days later, some yeah. creepy dude that was following you around the Walmart or whatever. And then two days later, he like is somewhere else and yeah. looking at you. It's yeah. like, oh my, this person's following. Now, me. you know, it's like, he's not going to let me get away this time. Um, yeah, so, but again, um, she ran across him two days later on March 23rd, and he kidnapped her then. So Wilder stabbed her to death and dumped Jeez. her body in the canal, um, where it was found on March 26th. After killing Walden, uh, Wilder fled in her rust-colored 1981 Mercury Cougar. <clears throat> on March 25th, Wilder abducted 21-year-old Suzanne Logan at the Penn Square Malls. I mean, he's He's on a spree for All real. the malls. Yeah. He's all the malls. And he's just a car... Go far. Ooh, yeah. a mall. Stop the car. I'm getting to this mall. Yeah. Do yeah. his thing. Gone. Next state. Next city. Whatever. Ooh, a mall. Boom. Yeah. But I think that that makes sense, though, especially for the time. You know, modeling used to be a much more unattainable. It was more of a glamorous thing. Now, everybody's yeah. a model or whatever. Yeah. But at a time, especially in the 60s and 70s, being a model was like uh, the the dream yeah you know mm-hmm. you know un, uh, an unattainable dream so for somebody to say i'm a photographer even that sounds you're a what that's well, amazing but, well, everybody's a photographer and everybody's a model it's been saturated but back then that was a big thing to say to somebody yeah i mean i guess it's just me me being a male and me saying it's me not being in that situation it's uh-huh. like what about asking people's credentials what about you know, I guess you can't back then. I, I don't I think, know. It's I think, like I think that, I guess but, it's uh, easy for me saying it. But also, I, again, I think that com- that comes from it really. His system is kind of brilliant in a fucked up way. It's like I'm sure he's targeting young girls who aren't thinking about mm-hmm. credentials, young girls who might have low self esteem or 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 des- desires of being a model. So you immediately tap into that. Oh my god, you're so pretty. You could be a model. And, and oh my god, you think so? Yes. And I'm a photographer. Oh my God, you're a photographer? These This whole storm of things where it's like yeah, they get caught up. Some of them, some of them are like, fuck you, I don't want to do that. But is he in the, is he in the mall? Is he I in think a, so. Is he I mean, in the parking a- lot? Because there's a the, the difference. What's the difference? If you're in, if you're in the, if you're in the mall, you're targeting the same, the girls that were in the mall or the girls that are coming out of the mall. So either way, you're in, you're, you're, you're in a, you're a shooting fish in a barrel. It's a bunch of 16, yeah, 17 I, year old girls. But I get there. it being more of a chance you falling for it in the mall. If this guy's walking around with the camera saying, Oh, you're beautiful. Yeah. If you're in the parking lot, it's like I don't. I just feel like, for me, I guess it's easy to say I wouldn't fall for it in the parking lot. In the mall, yeah, because you see me walking around, holding clothes up to my body and stuff like yeah. that. I get it. Sure. But in the parking lot, you just you pop out of two car around a car and like, yeah, oh my god, hey, well, hey, like what? Yeah, yeah, that could be caught up creepy. <laughs> but maybe it could be, you know, it could be as simple as the ones that said no were in a parking lot and the ones that said yes were in a mall, or it could have been both or neither. You know. I, I don't know. That's really that's splitting hairs to me. But there, there he's the. It's less important about where he was and who goes to malls is the key. I think you know he knows teenagers go to malls. Teenagers have fallen for my I'm a photographer spiel, so I'm gonna just go. That's my hunting ground is mm-hmm. malls because there's a bunch of girls there who want to be models, and I say I'm a photographer. And even if the even there have been girls that maybe he hasn't killed that have gotten ten minutes of his time. Just because they're interested in him being a photographer, I, I, it's kind of hard for me to believe he's not walking around with like a badge. He has to have something. I just, I'm not gonna sit here and believe weapon? that. No, like a badge okay. or something, something that goes. Oh, I mean, he could just have a camera. Does? I don't know, man. I, I'm he not just have a nice camera. 
That's hard for me to believe. But we're talking. We're also talking about, again. We're also talking about the sixties and seventies. You can you know? still make now. It. Everybody has a camera. People do vlogs and all this kind of stuff. Everybody has a camera. But, but I mean, if you're in the sixties and seventies, you walk around with a nice camera, and you say you're a photographer. People might be inclined to believe you. That's for I don't know, man. That's that's tough. Especially like again. Also, think about how gullible you were at 15, 16, 17 years old. You know what I mean? That's also a factor in this. You know, he's talking about 17 to 20 year old girls. Yeah. These aren't women with kids. We're like, yeah, a photographer, me, I'm a model. Right, right, right. Yeah, I have like fucking mustard on my shirt. These are girls that are like going to the mall, dressed up and dolled up to be pretty and be seen by some people. Some of them, some of them just going to the mall. But some girls, you know, they get dolled up and go to the mall. And, and somebody's going, oh my God, you're so pretty, like a model. And I'm a photographer. You might go, oh my God, wow, that's, so, that's crazy. My life's about to change. I'm going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah, and then you fall for that, and then shit goes sideways. That's why I think it was he wasn't doing this inside the mall because he was he was kidnapping these women and putting them in his car. That's why I'm saying the parking lot. He but I'm saying them. if it works, he could it could be as simple as you, it works, and then they go come fo- follow me to my studio. I'll, I'll, I'll drive. Once mm-hmm. they get you hooked, line and sinkered on the lie, you just go. My car's outside. I'll drive you to the studio, and whatever. And then now you're in you're in the grips of his whole plan, and there's no escape now. You're in his car or whatever, you know. I'm sure he lures them away from all the crowd of the mall when he does what he does. Yeah, but only one of them, only one of them was, see, maybe two. Okay, maybe a couple. Most of them were 20 years old, so. 17, 20? Uh, I don't see a difference. <laughs> I was dumb at both. <laughs> all right, I forgot where I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So on, Mar- on March 25th, Wilder abducted 21-year-old Susan Logan at the Penn Square Mall, and this was in Oklahoma City. Okay. So Wilder took her 180 miles north to Newton, Kansas, checked into a room, checked into room 30 exact uh-huh. of I-35N. After breakfast the next morning, he drove to Milford Reservoir, 90 miles northeast of Newton, near Junction City, Kansas, where he stabbed her to death and dumped her body in a under. So she went trip. with him and had breakfast with him where she, where she was? Yeah. I wonder if she was aware that, does it say, if she was aware that she was a hostage or if she was Mm-mm, going, that's interesting. Because that's a lot of driving. Yeah, that's a shitload of driving. The, yeah. Specifically, the first half where they had breakfast or whatever. That was over like 200 miles. Yeah. So, jeez. <laughs> that's, yeah, I mean, wow. Yep. I would assume he, she was under some kind of duress. He told her don't run or something. I would imagine. Yeah. Damn. Wow. So, Wilder took 18-year-old Cheryl Bonaventura captive in Grand Junction, Colorado on March 29th. They were seen together at a diner in Silverton, where they told staff they, they were heading to Las Vegas with a stop in Durango on the way. So on March 30th, they were seen at the Four Corners Monument, after which Wilder checked into the, the Page Boy Motel in Page, Arizona. Wilder shot and stabbed Bonaventura to death around around March 31st near the, near the Kanab River in Utah, but her body was not found until May 3rd. This dude must be like uh, Ted Bundy Charming or something. Yeah. Now with that one... That having a breakfast involved and they're going to some kind of monument. Yeah. They this must is two different people. I know, but I'm saying yeah. that's a pattern. Right, that's right, two right. in a row where I'm going, he must be having them believe that they're dating or he's taking them to some kind of really beautiful place to sh- photo shoot or something to where they're going along with him willingly, at least for a little bit of the time. Yeah. Cause that to go to breakfast with somebody and you don't and they be the person to kill you, that's that's wild. So Wilder killed um, 17-year-old Michelle Korfman, an inspiring model, 
who disappeared from a 17, 17 magazine cover model competition oh, wow. at the Meadows Mall in Las Vegas on April 1st. You know where that's at? Meadows Mall? Um, I Meadows Mall might not still be up. I don't oh. it might it might be still up. I go to I, when I'm in Vegas, I go to fashion show or I don't go or Caesar's Palace. Like the standalone malls aren't a lot of dope standalone malls. Oh, fashion okay. show is pretty dope. But the best mall to me is in Caesar's Palace. It's not a mall, but it's like all the stores right. are in there. So oh, Okay. Yeah, so a photog- so a photograph was taken of Wilder stalking her at the competition. Like by somebody else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um I'd like to see that. Her body crazy. remained under Undiscovered near a Southern California roadside rest stop until May 11th and was not identified until mid-June via dental x-rays. Mm. So near Terrence, California, Wilder, Wilder photographed 16-year-old Tina Marie Risico before abducting her and driving her to El Centro where he assaulted her. So Wilder apparently believed that um, Tina would be of use in helping him get other victims. Oh, wow. Yep. That's a that's an evolution within the a crazy spree. Yeah, this is like over uh, like ten days, right? I mean, this is yeah, wow. Um, so he kept her alive, took her with him as he traveled back east through Prescott, Arizona, Joplin, Missouri, and Chicago, Illinois. Wilder had been on the FBI's ten most wanted fugitives list since the second week of April. So he and Tina went to Maryville, Indiana, where she helped him abduct sixteen-year-old Donette Wilt. At the South Lake Mall, so now he had help. So which probably made it super easier than. Oh before. yeah, so I'm I'm one of his models. I'm on the cover of this. Yep. Damn, damn, yep. that's yeah, wow. Um, so Wilder raped Wilt several times as Tina drove to New York, near Pen Penyon. Uh, Wilder took Wilt into the woods and attempted to suffocate her before stabbing her twice and leaving her. Wow. Wilt tied a pair of jeans around herself and was taken to Soldiers and Sailors wow. Hospital and pinioned by a truck driver. So she wow. got Wow. Patched herself up. Yeah. Wow. It's tough, man. That's super tough. Yeah. To even think about that part as opposed to getting up and just trying to run while you're bleeding out. Yeah. To go, I'm bleeding out. Let me fix this best I can and get on this get on this move so yeah. I can find some help. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to her, man. Yeah. Damn. So Dr. John F. Flynn performed a life-saving surgery on Wilt at the hospital, and Wilt survived and recuperated at Soldiers and Sailors Hospital in Pinion. Mm. She told Pinion police that Wilder was heading to, for Canada um, at the East Eastview Mall in Victor, New York. Wilder forced 33-year-old Beth Dodge into his car and had Tina follow him in Dodge's Pontiac Firebird. Wow, 33, that's a big leap in age. Yeah. So after a short drive, Wilder shot Dodge and dumped her body in a gravel pit. He and Tina then drove the Firebird to Logan Airport in Boston, where he bought her a ticket to Los Angeles. Wow. Yep. So, like, he sent her back home? Yes. Because you said he he bought her a ticket. Yeah. I guess... I Because guess, she's from California. I guess it'd be like, hey, you know... Um, thanks? Thanks, and I don't want you to be... Get caught with this, I guess. Wow, you're so nice. Away. Yeah. You're so nice. That's so nice of you. Wow. Wow. That's gross. Fuck. Is that it? No, no, no. no. (laughs) So on April 13th, Wilder stopped at Vic's Getty Service Station at the corner of Main and Bridge Streets in Colebrook, New Hampshire. He was noticed by two New Hampshire state troopers, Leo Jilson and Wayne Fortier. When the troops approached Wilder, he retreated to his car to arm himself with a Colt Python 357 Magnum. Mm-hmm. 
So Trooper Jilson was able to grab Wilder from behind in the scuffle. The two shots were fired. Wilder received the first bullet um, and it exited through his back into Trooper Jilson. The oh. second bullet went into Wilder's chest. Wilder was killed due to both of the bullets. Trooper Jilson was seriously wounded but recovered and returned to full duty. That's rough, man. That's 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 a different type of bravery, man. If you go through that and then be like, well, back, back on the job. Yeah, a couple back, months later, it's like... Back to work. That's it for me. Yeah, I'm retired. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. A uh, bullet. Then that you could get like... I don't know. Bullets are kind of hot. But I was thinking like, you could get like AIDS. You know what I mean? A bullet. You got shot by a bullet that went through a person. Oh. That's crazy. That's bad luck. Yeah. Because the bullet hit a target already. It just kept going and then went through a person's back and then hit you. Close shot? Could have been just a close shot. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's my last. I'm off duty. Yeah, that's it for me. It's my last um, watch. So, a copy of a copy of the novel The Collector by John Fowles, in which a man keeps a woman in his cellar against her will until she dies, was found in among his possessions after his death. Mm, so, so he was mm, maybe inspired by media like yeah. the discussion we had last week yep. mm. so Wilder was cremated in Florida leaving a personal a personal estate worth guess how much an estate yeah. uh, $600,000 he left a personal estate worth more than 7 million dollars god damn yeah. so that's why he could just travel just the country willy nilly get plane tickets yeah. buy Porsches this is a white man yeah. Yeah, I figured when you said he was at the Grand Prix racing, <laughs> racing Porsches and dating Miss Americas. Yeah. And all this kind of, wow. Yeah, and the black dude wouldn't have had that kind of access in 1970. I'm a photographer. Okay, brother man. You know, a bunch of white... <laughs> bunch, bunch of white... Okay, okay, bro. Yeah. Right on. Fight the power, my man. Mm-hmm. Keep on walking. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. So in June 1986, a court-appointed attributor ruled that... Um, that that the after-tax balance was to be divided among the families of his victims. Mm. Which I think is fair. For sure. They come for that bread, man. That's why Jeffrey Epstein is a cold-hearted monster, because he got his shit all tied up. They, yeah, they're I mean, not we're talking see, about that. Yeah. They're not going to see any money for a long time. Like, That's crazy. descendants of their descendants might get a, get some money, maybe. He tied that shit up in all kind of offshore accounts. To, to be a despicable person who ruined a bunch of women's lives and then died and was like, ha, ha, my money's that's all. Just, that, I mean, that's up. just you was a you was a step ahead of everybody. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, at some point, you're like, this is going to come to an end. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but for you to make that move early is yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, to yeah, be yeah, honest. yeah, 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 yeah. So he's an evil monster genius uh, at uh, fucking people out of their money. That you know they are justified because you ruined their life. They yeah. needed some compensation. And he's like, no compensation for you. The money is scattered throughout the world. <laughs> and then he hung himself. That's crazy. Because Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. That's a lie. Anyway, uh, what's up? What else? Seven M's. Uh, yeah, seven, seven million dollars. Um, so along with eight known victims he killed between February and April 1984, Wilder has been suspected in the murders and disappearance of many other women, including some whose remains found around Florida and areas he was known to frequent. So I'll mm. just read some of these and you just tell me if you think. It doesn't say, but just tell me if you think, you know, if he actually uh, did it. Going off the MO. That's yeah. all I can do. Um, So Wilder is the primary suspect in the disappearance of 15-year-old Colleen Osborne, who went missing after leaving her Daytona Beach home on March 15, 1984. Wilder was staying at a motel in Daytona Beach at the same date, though he checked out on the day Osborne disappeared. No evidence had been found to connect them. Her body was discovered a few weeks later, partially buried near a lake in Orange County, Florida. 
although it was initially initially ruled not to be her and was not formally identified until 2011. That's for super possible. 15, she was driven away from where she was a little bit and mm-hmm. he left town. He moves around. Yeah. For sure possible. Yeah. It's definitely possible. Do you think he did it? Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, I think it's possible that he did it. I don't, you know, do I think he did it? Yes. You know, right. it definitely, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 45 year old, you know, man. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> she fits in his, you know, demographic. Yeah. Um. So Wilder is a suspect in Australia's unsolved Wanda Beach murders. Australia? Yeah. That's where he's from, I think. Oh, I, I didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Suspect in Australia's unsolved Wanda Beach murders. The murders of Maureen Schmidt and Christine Sherrick at Wanda Beach near Sydney on J- January the 11th in 1965 because of his similarities to a suspect sketch. Mm. That I don't know. But yeah. the dude also is worth a lot of money. People with a lot of money go to Australia. Yeah. He's from Australia, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, you said he emigrated. His, yeah, yeah, his yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Got it, got it. Um, Sure. Pretty girls go to the beach. You know, I don't, you know, I I think it's possible that this dude, if it's a girl between 15 and 25 or 15 and 33, that one woman, but 15 and like 24, 25 years old, and he was there, he can be traced back to being in the vicinity. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why, why would, why not? Right. Super possible. So Wilder is a suspect in the unsolved disappearance of Mary Opitz, the 17 year old disappeared in Fort Myers, Florida on January 16th, 1981 and was last seen walking towards a parking lot. Another girl who physically resembled Tina, uh, no, physically resembled Opitz, Mary Hare, disappeared on February 11th, 1981, from the same parking lot. Hare's body, which had decom, which had decomposed, was found in June 1981. She had been stabbed in the back and was a victim of homicide. Authorities believe to suspect, began to suspect foul play was involved in Opitz's case. Following this, Opitz's case remains unsolved. Yeah. I mean, especially if there was a parking lot of them all. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. I, she, and she's 17. Yeah. 17. I mean, she fits. She 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 lines right up. Yep. In 1982, the skeleton remains of two identified women were unearthed near near property owned by Wilder. And um, this was in Florida also. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one victim had been dead for one to three one to three years and apparently had her fingers cut off. Mm. Police theorized that whoever killed her could be linked to the crime if the body was if the body was ever identified. She was identified as Tina 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 Marie Beebe in 2013. The other woman had been dead for a period of months. Wait, when did he get arrested? He, I mean, he got shot. When did yeah. he get when did he get murdered? When did he get It was murdered? like 82, right? Like 84, I think. And you said these girls had been dead for months and it was 2013? This was in 82. No, she she was identified as Tina Marie Beebe in 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they found the remains. They found this was in 82. Oh, I don't know. That's yeah. tight. That's tight. This is the girl who her fingers were cut off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he hadn't done anything like that before. Yep. It was know. two of them. It was one. Both of them were unidentified. unidentified. But one of them got their fingers cut off. And the other one was just... They just found both of them, I guess, around the same time. I don't know. 82, that's kind of tight. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If it wasn't near New York or near, he was covering a lot this of ground. This is in Florida, though. yeah. Yeah, he was like he was coming back down from the West Coast. So if he if he ended his life in upstate New York, he was a long ways from Florida. Yeah, I don't think that was him. 
So Sherry, uh, Sherry Lynn Ball, a 20-year-old aspiring model, went missing on October 1983. Just saying that. Oh, aspiring uh, Went missing in October 1983 from Boca Raton, Florida. Her badly decomposed body was found by a hunter in Shelby, New, New York, sometime later, but was, identi- but was not identified until 2014. Her cause of death could not be determined, but foul play was suspected. Wilder is currently being looked at for possible involvement since the matches, since it matches his MO, but no evidence uh, links him to that crime. Well, he must have got killed in eighty. If he if if it's if it says he got killed in eighty three, I might believe that. But you said she disappeared in October of eighty three, and I thought he died in eighty two. I think he died in eighty four. Oh, he died in eighty four. Oh, well then, shit. Yeah, I mean that lines up to me, kinda. That's close again. Like if he was coming back down through New York, going to Canada, around that. I don't know. That's tight. I don't know. Um, I think this dude's capable of anything. <laughs> if it involves teenage girls who want to be models, mm-hmm. he's the fr- he's the prime suspect. If he was, if you can place him in the area, yeah. Um, Nancy K. Brown, who was twenty five, who was a twenty five year old native in Illinois, disappeared while vacationing in Cocoa Beach, Florida, on June 6, nineteen eighty three. Her remains were discovered in Canaveral Groves in March nineteen eighty four. She was a victim of a homicide. That's a little bit tight. Yeah, he was in. It was a body found in that that area before, but that might might have been a little earlier than that. Yeah. Tammy Lynn Leppard, 18, was last seen around 11.30 a.m. on July 6, 1983 in Cocoa Beach, Florida. While in a heated argument with a male companion, Leppard's family filed a $1 million lawsuit against Wilder before his death, but dropped the suit afterwards. Leppard's mother, modeling agent Linda Curtis, later stated that she never believed Wilder was involved in Tammy's disappearance. Mm. Police were never able to link Wilder and Leopard, and it may be a coincidence that she disappeared at the same time he was targeting area models. He had a long history of sex crimes, but did not begin killing, did not begin his killing spree until almost a year after she vanished. Mm-hmm. So. But she filed that suit, though. Yeah. Or they filed that suit initially. Yeah. Coming for that, coming for that money. But just just because they fought, just because he started after doesn't mean that he didn't. That was that's yeah. when they know. Yeah, that's not <laughs> right. He could have killed at any time, yep. you know, for sure. Especially if he's being accused of stuff in Australia, he could he could have been killing at any point. But he when he went on this spree at this known time, but he could have been doing little killings left and right, you know. So I don't think that's a a big great justification. And her mom being a modeling agency is, I mean, a modeling agent is 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 sketchy because you know she might have been pushing her own daughter to be a model and that is his mo yeah so she might have been a model and you know that is what he like he was going after that's tough i don't know man i think it's possible any of these are possible if you can put him there right if he's in the area it's all evidence they don't have no evidence to tag him along so it's like doesn't even that's sad that there's this many women out there who are just like we think it might have been him, but there's no, they won't ever get justice. And you want to use that because he's hot. He's the, the hot he's topic the right now. So yeah, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So they might, ha- they might never. These women, these dead women, might never get justice because yeah. they're just gonna say it was him, probably right. or possibly. And yeah. then instead of looking for who other suspects, they're just gonna call it a day. Like we did it. It was him. Yeah. So an identified woman in Broward County, Jane Doe, was found floating in a canal on February 18th, 1984, in Davie, Florida. She had been strangled to death and was thought to have been dead two days prior to being found. Mm. So that was 84. That was the year he passed. So possibly, possibly not. Um, there were two other victims that he was he was ruled out like he didn't even DNA. Yeah. They recovered like he wasn't him. He wasn't there. 
But Wilder earned the nickname the Beauty Queen Killer as a result of his crimes. Mm. That was the uh, my first murder of Christopher Wilder. Christopher Wilder. Yeah. yeah, he's a wild boy. Jeez. Busy. Fuck. Beauty yep. Queen Killer. It's an interesting story, man. Damn. Yeah, also, he wasn't like a super attractive guy looking on. But I but. could see him being able to pass as a photographer, though. You th- super not really unattractive, not really that attractive. Got some glasses, got a nice car parked outside when he says, let's go to my studio. Has a nice car. Oh, I didn't even think about that. He could have had like a nice car. That's what I'm saying. It's believable. He's got all this money. Come out. I, I got my nice car. I got my nice camera around my neck. I'm a photographer. Shit, he got that kind of money. He might have had some little fake business cards. What was this? What was it's like 60? What was this? 60s, 70s to the 80s. 70s and 80s. He like walk around with some glasses on with a yeah. white scarf wrapped around his neck. Come on, man. I'm Ferrari. falling for that. I'm falling for that. I'm falling for that. Yeah, I'm a French photographer. I ain't about him being rich. I'm a fr- I'm an Australian photographer, so you haven't even seen my work. But I'm on, all the, I'm on all the magazines there. Yeah. But you haven't seen it. I haven't made it to America here. You could be my American study. You'll be my, I'll make you the next American star. I mean, I could see a girl falling for that in a heartbeat. And it clearly some of them did, man. Yeah, man. He got a little bit of money. He got a car parked out front. You know... Pay them. I'll pay you up front. I was about to say that, yeah. You know, I'll pay you up front for an hour of your yeah, time. Yeah, you got me too with that one. You know, it's a whole bunch. Of, you didn't even tell. He left behind seven M's. Who knows how much he spent to do to fund this operation? Going to fucking got that girl brainwashed her, had her do all kind of awful things, and then yeah. just put her on a flight. Here, have that. Here's, hey, she, here's, didn't even, she didn't even come back up. Here's a flight. Day. Here's a flight and five grand. I'm, that's speculation. But I'm just saying. Here's a flight. Here's some walking around money. Thank you. I want to know what they did with her though. I would if love to if know what she, they did with her. If they if they found out, you know, he had an accomplice, she was like accomplice to rape and, yeah. and tr- human trafficking. Yeah, she should be brought. They, up. they, it's like she at least be investigated. That's what I mean. So it's not like it's not like I'm reading a story where it's like, oh, they didn't know about it, but they knew he had. I was like, yeah, what? Yeah. But it's like maybe she just I don't know. He couldn't tell. He couldn't tell the story. He got shot. So it's like exactly. But they knew that. I don't know how they found out that. One of the girls got away. She might have, she might have, she might have, you know, know once the story hit the news, she might have felt so guilty. She might have come forward and said that she did that, you know? Because like you said, he's dead. It's not like he snitched on that girl that he had helping him. She might have saw his face on TV and was like, oh my God, I was a part of that. She might have come forward. And that might be why they didn't press supercharges because she got to, she came forward and told it herself. Oh no, never mind. That black girl that survived. I'm guessing it was a black girl because her name was like Shonda or whatever. She she might have identified the girl. Yeah. The girl that tied the jeans around her and got to the hospital. That's what I'm saying. One of them maybe got away. Yeah. Maybe well, she did get away. I don't know who else got it, but she got away and that girl participated in that one of killing that girl, of trying to kill that girl. So she yeah. got away. She might have identified the girl that was helping him. Oh, that's tough. She's gorgeous. I'm sure all of them are gorgeous. I'm sure he's the beauty queen killer. That's like the first thing he surface level looks is the first you know uh cr- criteria for him to pick you to kill um you know so yeah i'll look into it there's all kind of i wonder what happened to her yeah there's all kind of she had to get charged with something something i don't know if she got charged because i think she also got sexually assaulted at some point too so it's like i don't know that's tough i don't know i don't know if she, i don't know if she should have got charged but she should have definitely been investigated, like and, and and interrogated, and see if she had known where any bodies are or anything like that. They definitely shouldn't have just been like, whatever. Um, yeah, um, very very um compelling story, friend. Um, anything else? 
No. I'm going to do a little bit of research real quick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'd love an update on if you find out about anything that happened to the girl. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back. Uh, Fran, it is my turn to tell you my affirmative murder this week. So prepare yourself to get learned uh, about the story of Omaima Nelson. Omaima? Omaima. Is she black? Like like Aunt Jemima. She's black, blackish. Okay. Yeah. Omaima. Um, Omaima, yeah. It's different. Aunt Jemima. Uh, uh, so Omaima Nelson, um, she was an Egyptian model who, after her crimes that I'm going to get into in my story, was compared to Hannibal Lecter. And Jerry Dom and Jeffrey Dahmer. Damn Jerry, I don't know who Jerry that is. Dahmer. Yeah, Hannibal Burris and Jerry Dahmer. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me go ahead and damn uh, inform you. <sighs> Had a hair on my. Screen. That's something. That's something that make crazy people go. Yup. They they compare me to them too. Yup. Yeah. That's right I mean, where I wanted yeah, to be. Yeah. Yes, that was the goal. Yeah. I don't know if this was her. I don't know. Uh, we'll get into it. We'll get into okay. it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um. So Amima Nelson was born in Egypt in 1968 and mm. grew up in Cairo. As a child, she was subjected to abuse and female genital mutilation. Mm. It's a terrible practice. Uh, in 1986, she immigrated to the United States where she found work as a nanny and a model in California. Only in California can you be a nanny and a model. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm a nanny, but I've also done some uh, runway work for Revlon and I was in a commercial, you know, because that's just, that's that's the work that's out there. Yeah. So that could so be your she, side gig is modeling. Is she using her model as an advantage? Oh, maybe, maybe not. Because Wilder used modeling kind of to lure his victims. He used it from the other side of the lens. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Let me. That was good. We did that on purpose. Yeah. 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 This was. Hey, man. Hottest true crime podcast on the streets, man. You know, who can get synchronicity (laughs) like that? You know, so you went from the one you went from the the vantage point of the camera. I'm going from the vantage point of the other side of the camera. Yes. I will continue. Okay. Uh, So, um. She was a model in California. Omaima met Bill Nelson in 1991, Hmm. reportedly at a bar playing pool. Bill was a former pilot, but in 1984, he was convicted for smuggling marijuana. And after serving four years in a federal penitentiary, he was released on a parole on parole and got a job at a company called Cannon Mortgage. Drug dealer. He was a drug smuggler. Okay. He was like Denzel in flight, just like a pilot, but doing crazy shit. Where was this? California. California, gotcha. Yes, uh-huh. So, so he was like a dirty pilot. Yeah. I hope my pilot, you know, some you see pilots, whenever you see pilots, they always got a suitcase dragging them behind them. Could be they clean, too. They be yeah. so clean. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I wasn't so scared of flying planes, yeah. I'd want to be a pilot. Yeah. You know, they hop off, they got the little wings on their coat. Got the hat. Everybody know who they are. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're the, they're the man. <laughs> they got to go to the next plane. They get to yep. leave the plane first. People don't crowd around them. They get to go to the front of the yeah. line. You got their, uh, they got their, what's, what they call them? Their, um, their stewardesses. Yep, following yeah, they got them. their squad. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. The, 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 the pilot <laughs> is the man. And yeah. in the 80s, more so than anything. Because back in the 80s, not to be sexist or anything, but in the 80s, they had a high. It wasn't all these like sassy, fun, gay flight mm-hmm. attendants. They had only bad chicks as flight attendants. Mm-hmm. So the pilot was the man on the plane. Yeah. Had a bunch of girls with like two buttons on button. Would yep. you like a Tom Collins? Yeah. Sir. You know, <laughs> cigar. They could you could smoke on the planes. So in the this is the height of being a pilot. Wow. Yeah. So this dude was and he got a little caught up and he's like, I'm gonna go ahead and um, smuggle these bricks too, on top of all that. Dang. I'm a drug smuggler. Got greedy. Got greedy. People exactly. fuck up, man. Yeah, yeah, you can't. But, you can't can't get everything, yeah. man. Just just enjoy the space that you're in. Jeez. You want to smuggle bricks of coke of of, of marijuana too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so anyway, after knowing each other for just a few days, the two got married. Okay. Also, just to to make it clear, if it hasn't been clear by her being a part-time model, Omaima was very pretty. Okay. That's what I was going to So, ask. you know, Bill, former pilot, probably still has some swagger about him, drank a couple little glasses of scotch. And she was a nanny? She was a... Yeah, she was a babysitter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah nanny, babysitter. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's 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 pretty hard. Yeah, to... but she wasn't his nanny. Yeah, but I'm just saying her being pretty. Yeah. I feel like you can use I that. feel like that's a hard to, hard to be a pretty nanny. Because the, the wife would be like, no, you're not coming to my house. Yeah, and... but you already got a yes from the guy. I got like, yeah. Yeah, sure. the, yeah oh, the guy's always, always yes. And the guy's always like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she seems like she works hard. Yep. Does she seem you like already, she works hard? You came yeah. in here at the end of the interview. You yeah. met her for two seconds. You already got one foot in, kind of. Yeah, so but like, that's not the foot that matters. Yeah. The woman foot is two feet. <laughs> that's that's true. The woman foot is two feet. That is true, so yes. you, you know, That doesn't matter. But you, but still, though, she's still... I mean, she's not far from getting the job. Yeah, though. I mean, depending on the household, if the guy calls the shots, he goes, no, hire her. You might yeah. get those jobs, but then that guy's probably going to sleep around with her too. Yeah, you know. Then, but she's a murderer. So, well, I'm, I'm assuming she's a murderer. We'll get to it, sir. Okay, you are jumping ahead. Sorry. So I continue. Uh, so yeah. So after just a few days knowing each other, the two got married. Mm-hmm. Bill, who was 56 at the time, was 33 years Omaima senior. Wow. Uh, here's a quote. They were they were real quiet, mysterious people. Said the president of Bill's company, Sue Swanson. She said that she said he met. Omaima, and all of a sudden they were married. The shade, the shade of it all, or yeah. uh, uh, sued. Like, she was, oh, they got married after like uh, two hours of knowing each other. She was gorgeous. That's why. Yeah, men are very simple creatures. Gotta lock it up quick. Very simple creatures. They don't need to know your, what your credit score is. If you have nope. a, a debt, nope. you're in debt. You're like, oh my god, you're gorgeous, and nope. I'm old. Why do you like me? I, I got to close this deal before you yeah. realize I'm an old, ugly man. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know. Bill might have been a little rugged. I don't know. He might have had that Clint Eastwood thing going on. I don't know if he was ugly, but, you know, he had that pilot swagger. But he was also 56, like I said, and 33 years older than her. So yeah. she might have some daddy issues. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. This is all speculation. But I don't. I didn't mean to just go like, he's this ugly old. You know, like it was Anna, like it was Anna Nicole, you know, Anna Nicole Smith and her mm-hmm. husband. Her, he was like 90. When but it sounds married. like him being old, he's like, I don't have much. I don't yeah, have much Yeah, and this, I, 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 I hit the jackpot. Yeah. So marry me. <laughs> was and he rich? He wasn't poor. Okay. So, you know, that's a come up for her. She's, yeah. she's an immigrant from Egypt. You know, she comes into a little bit of, of a comfort, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, she used her pretty pri- privilege to, you know, put herself in, in a nice position. She yeah. thought things turn. Okay. Let me get to that. Uh, according to acquaintances, the couple had a honeymoon at a ranch Bill and his brother owned in Texas, but the honeymoon phase didn't last very long. Mm. Omaima Nelson said once they were married... Bill started showing his violent side. By her account, he physically and sexually abused her during their short union. On Thanksgiving Day in 1991, Omaima said Bill sexually assaulted her in the Costa Mesa apartment. She claimed he tried to rape her and then strangle her. Hmm. In self-defense, according to her, she grabbed a lamp, hit him with it, before stabbing him with a pair of scissors and Hmm. killing him. Damn. That's the comfort level, though. The what? The comfort level. What's the comfort? From him. Like, you know how everything is fine? And yeah. it's like, well, we married now. Yeah, I, lo- I locked her down. Yeah. Go get you me a start, beer. You start showing your true side. Yeah, and that's, just, yeah. that's what happened enough, which we brought up several times on yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez fell for all that stuff. Dude turned into fucking uh, Yosemite Sam. And went crazy. Started hitting her all <laughs> yeah. over, knocking her all over the place. And nuts. But in the beginning phase, everything looked great. Yeah. You know? 
you know, so yeah. So anyway, continue. Uh, however, prosecutors claimed Omaima didn't end her husband's life to protect her own. Mm. Instead, they say she used her sexuality to convince William to let her tie him into the tie him up to the bed, and once he was restrained, she bludgeoned her helpless husband with a lamp and viciously stabbed him with a pair of scissors. That sounds believable. All with the intention of stealing his money. Yep. I so this that. is what the prosecution ended up using as their, yeah. you know, story to the to the jury. But we're still ahead of we haven't even gotten to that yet. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to let you know that okay. that's what the other side of the coin is. That it wasn't self defense and yeah. prosecution, and, they come with crazy shit. But oh yeah, but you, let's see how crazy you think it is when I continue because it, it's not the night's not over. She, Dang, she, right. she stabbed and beat him with a lamp. I continue with what happened after that. The dramatic evening didn't end after that. After killing William, Omaima set her sights on disposing of all two hundred and thirty pounds of him. First, she cut his heads, his head, hands, and penis from his body. And used a knife to remove the skin from her husband's torso so and she, lower body. So she did cut his heads, though. She cut both his heads. Yes, yeah. big head and the little head. Yes. <laughs> you caught that. It was hilarious. Uh, then, Omaima fried his hands in cooking oil. Wow. In, in an effort to destroy his fingerprints. And she boiled his decapitated head in water. I mean, he's already dead. I mean, like... Well, she's disposing of him. Jesus. That is actually a good idea, though, the frying of his hands to get rid of his fingerprints, and then you put them in a bag or whatever and throw them away somewhere, and then somebody just finds some hands in a bag, and but the fingerprints are gone. That's crazy. Very cr- that Oh, oh, it's to do any of this is crazy, but as a person, again, I like to play devil's advocate. If we're talking about this, we've, we've read plenty of stories where it's just like, they killed him and then just left the body there. It's like, yeah. that's stupid. You've gone this far to kill somebody. Do you not want to get away with it? She said, I want to get away with this, so I'm going to chop him up into a bunch of little pieces. And get rid of any DNA evidence and, uh, um, you know, uh, any kind of things that can be pulled up in records. I'm going to get rid of them. Fingerprints. Why his dick off? That's a bit excessive, ain't it? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, like, how much space is the dick taking up in the in the, in the the glad bag? Yeah. You know, like, you can leave the dick on the torso and it's yeah. not going to take cutting the dick unless... Uh, look, Bill might have... <laughs> look. Bill might have been blessed. I don't know. I'm just saying that probably was some spite there. But if it wasn't yeah. spite, he might have. It might have. It might have needed to be removed to fit in the bag. I just think she was. She was in the zone. Yeah, that's pretty she nuts to, to go that far. You know, child, cutting off, cutting off if both it's hanging, arms. It's coming off. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was. She was in her bag. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she cut off her husband. She removed the skin from the body and the torso, and then the Omama. Skin. Yeah. So oh, she yeah shit. she fried her hands. Read that part. Then uh, she boiled his head. She later said it took her twelve hours to dissect her husband's dead body. And she was in a trance-like state throughout the dismemberment process. Okay, question. Well, they were only married for like a, like two weeks. Yeah. What does the boiling of the head do? I don't. I would imagine in her head it would boil the skin loose from the skull, and then you can separate the face from the skull, and then you just have a skull. You can't just see. Oh, that's William. She, did she in my have, head, she didn't say that. Did, that's me guessing. I was about to say she must have like read up on that. Is no, nuts. Yeah, no. But I, I, I don't. Know. That's my guess. Wow. But that's the only. That's the only. There's other things that wow. I'm not even finished yet. I'm speechless. So you could, you could, there's another thing where you could take a guess at to why she would boil the head, but that's my, before telling you that part, that's my guess as a reason why you would boil somebody's head. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so she was in a trance-like um, state while she was d- doing all this, d- dismembering his body. Uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, Omaima Nelson mixed her husband's remains with leftover Thanksgiving turkey. 
I don't like which turkey, I, so I, I wouldn't know the it. difference honestly <laughs> I, if you gave me some back meat and, from a person and yeah. some turkey the best part of the turkey with no gravy out of dry then it's I wouldn't know the difference I would wager that a human is probably juicier than a turkey it wouldn't be hard to be yeah I would I'm like no like thank paper. you anyway so you said I'm sorry if she would off I would be like no thank you well uh-huh. she she just did it to disguise it I get it yeah, yeah I guess, but I yeah it. but I, yeah you're oh you're saying either way you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't yeah. ate person because <laughs> if it was mixed in with the turkey yeah you wouldn't have ate it because you would have turned the turkey down so she must have wow just slices just meat yeah oh she went but to work meat and all yeah kinds she of went to, she sliced it thin wow yeah yeah sliced it thin enough to it fit in with the turkey what about the skin she sliced the skin off. The skin of off? Oh, I thought it was like blending. You know how they got the meat, the skin of Yeah, the, little bags, little pieces brown. of skin in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, she skinned him. Was he brown? No, he's a white guy. Oh, never mind that. So she skimmed, she skinned him and, and diced him up. Uh, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, after, killing, after killing her husband, Omaima contacted two of her former boyfriends, asking them to help her get rid of William's remains. According to one of her ex-boyfriends, Omaima reportedly offered him $75,000 to help her re- help her remove William's teeth from his severed head. No, thank you. Yeah. It's not enough. <laughs> That's why? <laughs> 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 no morals or anything. No, that's that's wrong. No, $75,000 is not enough to, for me to remove teeth from skull. Up, up the wager a little bit. Yeah, no. They gave me to even think about it for one. <laughs> what? Okay, so let's say... Your uh, that's a weird I don't, I don't, that's a weird statement. I was gonna say your favorite ex. We're in relationships. Yeah. Uh, let's say an ex, your most recent ex. Okay. If, we all know there's an ex that yeah. might can still contact you, and you won't be like, <laughs> just to be like, how's life? Yeah. There's an ex like that. Let's say one of those exes goes, hey, listen, this is purely. Don't want to get back together or anything. Mm-hmm. I just need somebody's help. I'm offering you X amount of money to help me get rid of a body. What would X have to be for you to even go like? Uh, obviously you still say no you got two yeah. kids you gotta you know, yeah, yeah. You, but if you need to think about it to consider it yeah three bands thousand I mean million oh. I mean bands by millions <laughs> almost like, almost like three thousand dollars bands by millions three That's million I mean. yeah to even to even go three I might go yeah and I'll just <laughs> I'm, and I might and if I go down my people are set if I, if oh, I, I want that, that in cash. Way. I want that in ca- cash. And you pull the Jeffrey Epstein right and finagle it to where it, it, it yep. it's not even my money. It's Sophia's money. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Three million. Three million. But 75000 yeah, That's laughable. I'm hanging It up. was laughable Don't to him, even. too. It was, half, it was laughable yeah. to him, too. Check yeah. this out. So she offered him $75,000 to help him remove teeth from a re- severed skull. What a phone call. Uh, she couldn't do that on her own? I mean, those man teeth are dug in. It is? It's teeth are bone. I thought you just take a hammer and just... I mean that's how it looks in the movies, but oh, again, maybe. that will take the tooth out, like the tooth that's showing. Oh yeah, but there's that's still a bunch of tooth root? up yeah, in that gum. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so she offered him seventy five thousand dollars to help him, you know, remove the teeth from the dead by her husband. Alarmed by the phone call, Omaima's ex boyfriend immediately called the police to tell the tell law enforcement officials about her shocking request. What's his name? No name? The undisclosed. Shout out to him. That's yeah, shout out to right him. There. Yeah, yeah. Also, but also I think $75,000 is, that, that'll that immediately give me like, what? No. Oh my God. I'm calling the police. Yeah. $3 million. I might go, shit, man. Yeah. No, no. But shit, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit on it. I'm not going to immediately call the police. I'm like, I'm hang up the phone, talk to Sierra, see what she has to say about it. You know, is this a movie we want to make? Because, you know, we could really get the house we've been looking at, you know, with the, with the all glass. Yeah, you ain't All the shit. sides of the windows are glass. You ain't going to get nothing. Who? You. What do you mean? 
They come for they you gonna get caught. Me? Why would I get caught? You wouldn't get caught? Yeah, then I just say if I make that decision it ain't gonna be because of me. Oh, okay. But why would I get caught? I don't know. I'm smart. Maybe I... she go, he was a part of it. And it's like Oh, then she dang. rat on me. Yeah. Dang, okay, She's man. already going down. Yeah, I can't fight. And I done gave you three million dollars. Yeah, I can't fight against that. <laughs> she, if she just snitches on me, then I, I can't even prepare for that. So yeah. touche. <laughs> uh the ex immediately reported what he had been what he had uh he immediately reported what happened to the police, which is when the investigation began. Officers arrested Nelson as she was driving her dead husband's red 1975 Corvette around Costa Mesa. Mm. And they discovered garbage bags filled with William's dismembered remains in the vehicle. Authorities sorted through the bags from the car as Nelson looked on quietly. Because the body was so dismembered, police weren't able to identify the remains right away. They also couldn't determine a cause of death due to the condition of the body. They're like, you killed this guy 57 times. I don't know... How you you killed him a bunch of no ways? Uh, yeah, nothing. shit, that's insane. Uh, the police detained Omaima for questioning, which lasted all that Sunday night. Meanwhile, Bill was reported as missing when he didn't show up to work on the Monday following the Thanksgiving holiday. His boss told police the last time she saw him was just before he left on the Wednesday before the long weekend. Uh, the police obtained a warrant to search the to search Nelson's apartment. Once inside. They found more trash bags containing body parts inside. Mm. There were suitcases and plastic bags soaked with dark liquid from his body from his body parts, said Randolph J. Paloski, the senior deputy district attorney in Orange County, California. In the fry cooker there sat Mr. Nelson's hands. She didn't even clean up. Well, she thought she was just gonna run out, get rid of some bags, make some phone calls, tell one of her exes to come meet me back at the apartment. That's when she made a mistake. Yeah, and then he was like Oh, I'm calling the police immediately. So <laughs> yeah. she got caught. She got caught in transit yeah. bet- for, of this, this getting rid of the body. Mm-hmm. So she she didn't get to finish cleaning up at the apartment. So she just got caught, just a guy doing a, a routine traffic stop or something. No, no, no. They were looking for her. Oh, they was oh because of the phone look- call. Yeah, because gotcha. okay. the phone call. All they right. were looking for her. I thought that was before that the word got around. No, no. Okay. They were looking for her, but she was also I guess when the guy said no on the phone, she went, "Oh well, I got it. I got I got bodies. I got body parts to get rid of. So if he said no, I'll find somebody else. And then they caught her in that process with a trunk full of body parts. How dare you call me? Especially if you like broke up with me or something, cheated on me. Yeah. How dare you call me to ask me that? I, don't don't call me for any labor. <laughs> help you move. Right. Uh, help you put a fix your cable. Don't ask me to do anything, let alone something that's illegal. That man was like, hell, what? He said, hell no, and immediately <laughs> called the, the authorities. Immediately. Yeah, so um, um, Bill was, uh, he was uh, a missing person's report was filed, but um, they were already, they assumed that they, you know, even though they hadn't readily identified Bill's body parts, mm-hmm. they they knew this was him. Yeah. Uh, so the police obtained a search warrant. I already read that. So, yeah, so they found, in the fryer, they found the hands in, uh, of Mr. Nelson, and when we opened the refrigerator, there was Mr. Nelson's, head with stab wounds so she put everything she was she was planning on coming back to the apartment and cleaning up but they caught her in transit so probably a little harder than she expected i would have yeah i'm for sure um so yeah when they got the search warrant they went in there and the shit like a house of horrors because she was like mid murder mid cleanup that's where the jeffrey uh i mean that's where um jeffrey dama thing come in right he said that's why she was. Well, this is what. Well, there's still more, but yeah. I mean, oh she shit! Cut up, she cut up bodies. There's heads in the fridge, yeah. like like Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, there's a lot of similarities already. Uh, in December 1992, the trial for William Nelson's murder began. There was no dispute that Omaima Nelson killed him, but her attorney, public defender Thomas G. Mooney, 
said she act she was acting in self defense after her husband raped her that night. Yeah, that's not self defense. Yeah, man, that's overkill, man. If if she just said I stabbed him and then called the police, she probably got away with it. She might, yeah, it's a good chance. Yeah. Uh, Mooney also said that Nelson had been involved in other abusive relationships and a result and as a result had been long suffering from battered woman syndrome. The condition took a, a psychological toll on her, ultimately leading to the night to the November 1991 killing, which that's about as good of a defense as you can make yeah. for this, but not good enough. Uh, Nelson had told authorities she was under severe stress because her husband was physically and sexually abusive. She was given a psychological evaluation, which revealed that she was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, commonly known as PTSD. Mm hmm. A psychiatrist who examined Omaima after she was arrested for killing her husband testified that Omaima admitted to cannibalizing William's dead body. The doctor said Omaima confessed to, don to donning a red dress with matching shoes and red lipstick and cooking her dead husband's ribs with barbecue sauce and consuming some of William's flesh. That's where the Jeffrey Dahmer, all of those things, but that is where it really was like, she's like Jeffrey Dahmer, she's like Hannibal Lecter. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's just eating Jack Daniels ribs. Yeah. But people ribs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not pork, not gross. Yeah, yeah. Not pork, not beef. Will. Face all messy, hands messy. Yeah. You don't know what's blood, what's barbecue sauce. She got a red dress on, it's probably blood on that, but you can't see, you can't tell. Got sauce on the corners of her mouth. Uh the prosecution, on the other hand, said that Nelson had other motives. They believe she was plotting to steal from her husband. And that she had a history of using her sexuality to con older men into giving her things like drugs and money. In January 1993, Omaima Nelson was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 28 years to life at the Central California Women's Facility in Ch in Chowchilla. That's it. 28 to life. 28 to oh, that's, I yeah, thought you, you know, said 20. yeah, 28, 28, 28 to life. All right. Uh, in in uh, in a prison in California, Nelson was first eligible for was eligible for her first parole in 2006. She was ultimately denied as she was found to be uh, unpredictable and a serious threat to public safety. Yeah. She remarried while she was in prison, what? this time to a man in his 70s who died before her second bid for parole in 2011. How does that even... Okay. He found love in a hopeless place, man. Was he in prison too? Probably not. Oh. Probably one of those situations where she's getting, yeah, yeah, one of those kind of things. Hmm. Uh, and you know, he's probably putting money on her books and, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah, we're using him. Yeah, yeah basically. Uh, after a five and a half hour hearing in 2011, she was denied once again. At the parole hearing, Nelson said she was a changed person who had looked for love in all the wrong places. But now she said, I have a strong desire to help others. Nelson also vehemently denied eating her husband. She said, I swear to God, I did not eat any part of him. I am not a monster. But when the parole commissioner asked, asked her what her purpose was in cooking him, Nelson refused to answer the question. Hmm. So That's what a crazy person was saying. Perfectly log logical question. It's like, so you didn't eat him. Why'd you cook him? Um, I won't be going into that. Okay, denied. Yeah. Uh, so Omaima uh, Nelson isn't eligible for parole again until 2026. What if she said that, like, if she said that she didn't eat them and they go, like, so, you know, what kind of recipe did you use? And she go, just add a little bit of salt because to make it, to make it some yeah. spice. Like, Occasion. What? Like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you didn't eat them. You know, a, 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 southern style. What? Huh? She, 
What'd you say? Huh? She goes, <laughs> I had nothing. I didn't cook it, my man. I mean, is what oh, I said. Um, so, yeah, that was the story of Omaima Nelson. That was wild, man. Uh, you know, the, you know, Omaima. Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, Cannibal Lecter inspired yeah. female black widow. Hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting story. Uh, Omaima. I like that. I don't like a name, but it's... It sounds like Aunt Jemima. Yeah. It's, it sounds familiar, Omaima. but with a little twist on it. It sounds familiar. It's it's it's, it's taking me back. Pancakes, waffles, Aunt yeah. Jemima syrup, but it's <laughs> Omaima. That's what I think of when I hear that name. Yeah. Um, personally. <laughs> uh, um, uh, you think of any black famous people over the course of the episode? Oh, no. I was I was in the stories, man. I'm supposed to think of that. What are we doing? Stories talking about people getting eaten, making ribs and all kinds of shit, man. My bad, man. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, with that being said, man, let's jump into these good vibes so we can get up out of here. That's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. Even though it's cold outside, for some on certain coasts and maybe not for others on other coasts or other parts of the world because we are an international podcast but for us personally it may be cold outside but we're here to warm your hearts on the inside give you those warm fuzzies with these good vibes from all around the world and different perspectives and different walks of life just people doing their best to bring a little joy into this world uh fran i'm gonna go ahead and uh give you my good vibes first because okay. I, I got mine pulled up and ready to go so um my good vibes this week is the story of a man who returned to his neighborhood where he grew up as a poor little boy, where he he returned to that neighborhood so he could give away $12,000 in free toys. Wow. So Christmas came early for the children living in these low-income neighborhoods in the housing complexes of... What state is this? Don't know, doesn't say. That's because a former resident of the area returned to the streets where he grew up so he could hand out more than $12,000 worth of toys to the local children earlier this week. Adam Armstrong grew up poor in a mostly government-subsidized apartment complex in Harrisburg, Virginia. When he was just uh, 18 years old, he was sent to jail to serve a three-month sentence for marijuana possession. Legalize it. Legalize it. Uh, By the time he was released, he knew that it was time to turn his life around. Armstrong, who is now the father of a three-year-old girl ended up moving to Baltimore and working a string of different jobs until he finally got into the mortgaging business. Wow, talk about a second chance. Uh, As Armstrong became more and more financially comfortable, he felt more and more compelled to give back to the people living in poverty. So he began donating heaps of toys to local charities every holiday season. This week, the 35-year-old philanthropist drove to his former neighborhood in a 26-foot moving truck packed with 1,327 toys to give away to all of the children. Sarah Lewis Weeks, the property manager of the complex, says that when Armstrong had approached her about about the giveaway last week, she she had been wary of his intentions. She said, quote, He comes into my office and says, What are you doing on Saturday? I'd like to give away a lot of toys. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Lewis Weeks recounted mm-hmm. to C- to NBC News. I'm very skeptical at that point, which is sad these days. You got to be like, okay, some dude shows up and wants to be nice to kids. Okay, is this dude like a diddler or something? You know, you, which I guess, you know, I, it's not bad, I guess, because you want to be, you never want to fall for that. Let somebody use their money to to buy their way into molesting children. But anyway, that's not what he did. He just was a nice guy. So we're going to continue with the goodbye. Somebody said that. 
Well, the lady was kind of like, who are you? Uh, you want to give all these toys to these kids? She didn't say he was a molester, but she didn't really... She was skeptical when he pulled up with a truck full of toys and said he wanted to give them to the kids. Anyway, to her astonishment, Armstrong made good on his promise. Maybe she was skeptical that he was going to come back. I, I might have went somewhere deep for no reason. Mm-hmm. She, she might have just been skeptical of him coming with actual toys. Uh, it wasn't like stuffed animals he was giving away. It wasn't like stuffed animals. He was giving away bikes, remote control cars, real Barbie dolls, not dollar store Barbie dolls. Damn, man, shit, people, okay, uh, Miss Weeks, shit, sometimes people, you got to get a, a dollar store Barbie doll, yeah. Barbie doll, don't, don't shit on people. But anyway, he was giving away the name brand Barbie dolls, so, hey, excuse me. Uh, he didn't miss anybody. His heart was truly in this. They thought it was going to be a couple of stuffed animals, not, and you get a bike, and you get a bike, and you get a bike, like Oprah for little kids, she added. Armstrong simply told the Washington Post that he was happy to bring joy to little kids for the holiday season. The kids were so innocent and sweet, Armstrong told the news outlet. You can't put a price on looking at these kids' happy faces. Some of them have nothing. And to be able to give them a small toy, the reward... Oh, found one. Thought of one. Uh, Of a what? Ready? Famous black person. Oh, (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. Black famous. Fran. Professor Ogilvy. Wow. Professor Ogilvy from the Parkers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's pretty black famous. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if white people know who Professor Ogilvy no. is. Wow, yeah, yeah. That's up there. I think yeah. I would notice him if I saw him. Nor would I care. But <laughs> Yeah, true. But he is black famous. I wouldn't go, I gotta get a picture with him. I might go Professor Ogilvy. Yeah. Just keep him, you know. I might go, Hey Professor Ogilvy. No, yeah. that's not <laughs> that'd that's be little, hilarious. <laughs> it's a little flagrant. I, I mean, I've I, seen I, famous people too. Y'all don't go let me get a, I've seen two fam- two famous people in my life. I, I didn't go. And they were? I think one of them I went, uh, saw Ron Artez. Okay. He's pretty famous to me. He might have ran up to you, just because he's crazy. No, I saw, yeah, Let no. me get a picture of you. And right, him right. and uh, Kelly Uber. I, saw, I took a picture with him, though. Okay, cool. But I saw Big once. Who? Rob Who? Big what? from Robin Big. Really? R.P. Yeah, he was in Vegas. That's yeah. cool. Right, so was he, like, surrounded with other big people? Like his bodyguards? Um, There were some big dudes, but he was... Was the one from the show? Was it? Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't like that light skin. Bam, bam. Bam, bam, yeah. No, no, it was just it was big and just some um, nondescript biggies. Um, R. That's P. Cool. R. P. to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, just be people who do stuff, celebrity stuff. Don't, they don't want to be. Don't hound them, man. Just yeah. give, let them salute. Hey, man, love your work. Keep it pushing. What is a picture gonna do? Who's the picture for? You gonna stop them? You gonna frame it and put it on you? If you're it, listen, if I saw Kid Cudi on the streets, I would ask him for a photograph. Yeah. But that's because I would cherish that photograph. Yeah. That would be like my Facebook profile. Mm-hmm. It would. I might like get it printed. Yeah, I love cool. Kid Cudi. Yeah. There's people who I understand get in the photo because the photo's going to mean something to yeah. you. But just, oh my God, Amanda Bynes? Let me get a photo of you. Yeah. Like, what? Leave I'm not me. running to take a picture with Ronald Tess. Yeah, you look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, Professor Ogilvy. Yeah. And to put a cap on my story, the guy just said it was a pleasure to give toys away to these kids and just put a little smile on their face for um for the Christmas season. And uh, so that was my good vibe. Shout out to... Um, let me say this guy's name one last time because it was a beautiful thing that he did. This guy's name, Armstrong. This guy's name, Adam Armstrong from uh, Baltimore, Maryland by, by way of Virginia. So he's a, he's a local. He's a local native and put in that work and made enough money that he had $12,000 of disposable income at the Christmas time. Shout out to Adam. Got to get into that mortgage business. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so that was my good vibes. And shout out to Professor Ogilvy and Adam Armstrong. Yep. So my good vibes is uh, one family's loss has sparkled a movement to bring light into um, others' lives via a makeshift Christmas tree farm. 
Okay. A man named Mark suffered every parent's worst nightmare after he lost his daughter, mm. Mary Beth, at age seven. Mm. She has she has spent the majority of her life in surgery, recovering medical procedures to correct severe heart defects. Oh, man. While being treated at Children's Miracle Network Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama, Mark said it was painful for them to spend the holidays without her in their home. So they would often bring Christmas to her. Yeah. After she passed, she wanted to make sure no other parents or, or children had to miss holidays together. I mean, that's for a child to say that. Yeah. And to come to the conclusion that, you know, I'm I'm out of I'm, I'm not, not going yeah. But I want that this is, to keep going. That is That's deep. Yeah. That's sad that a kid has to come to that realization. Yeah. But it's something beautiful within that as well. Yep. Wow. Yep. So as an Ace Hardware employee, um he and his colleagues made it happen. Mark reached out to several nearby Ace Hardware stores and the business immediately immediately committed to help. They received donations of 285 trees from 25 store owners to create a makeshift tree farm at the hospital for kids, and last week the dream became reality. Each child chose their own tree, decorated it um, with ornaments, and met, and met Santa himself uh, amongst twinkling lights and artificial snow. Oh, wow. It's, that sounds beautiful. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, that sounds yeah. beautiful. So for those unable to leave their rooms, Christmas Christmas was brought direct directly to them so they didn't have to miss out on the excitement. Wow. So that's awesome. Man. That's deep. That's, that's awesome. Deep. You saw, they got this one kid, I'm guessing he can't walk. They had him in like a, a red wagon. Uh-huh. And a red, red wagon, sand out there. They got fake snow coming yeah. down. That's awesome, man. That's, that's deep, deep, man. That yeah. puts it in perspective for you, man. Cause yeah. Because, you, know, you know, you talk about getting presents and all this kind of stuff, but it's like some people it's not it's not looking so bright for them around this time and just a little a little day like that can turn everything around it's not about presents and all that yeah man stuff. it's like when you see stuff like that and then I have a child so she's like that's all she's talking about right now yeah and it make you want to go some people ain't got shit yeah some people aren't getting and anything then it's like, Christmas and yeah. then I don't want her going like who tell me yeah. about them yeah ruin my life tell yeah. me about how hard people have it and yeah yeah. And yeah. but the thing she likes to say she'll say witch like what witch yeah if you go go give me the bottle she'll say witch I mean, it's just like saying which one, which bottle. But she just says which. Yeah, she just <laughs> that's what she says is which. <laughs> it's the most hilarious thing. It's, it's funny as hell. But yeah, man, it's like stuff like that. You you see how um how how you got it easy than some people do. Yeah, for sure. Like Absolutely. especially for kids. It, yeah, like you know they so young they don't know what's ahead of. It's like that's that's scary as fuck, man. For I sure. couldn't even imagine being in that situation. So that's that's beautiful to bring yeah. that to those kids. That yeah. was that was really special. Yeah, yeah that was deep. So was all of them get these little maybe like. Full foot trees, personalized them so they can yeah. decorate themselves. Yeah, famous sports teams, cool. whatever. You know, that's, that's super dope. That's super yeah. dope. Wow, that's cool. See, my my dream is between both our good vibes. Like my dream is, I want to be financially comfortable for myself and for my family, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But just to be able to give back tangibly, yeah, you know, like to give back and see it. Yeah, do a book bag drive, do a Christmas, tr- give a bunch of kids Christmas presents. You know, do. I just that's my dream yeah, is to me just too. just to do that if it's just once a year I do something back to school all the, I got all the kids school supplies on this block I'm, yeah. I'm just doing that off the strength because I just want to give back that's my goal I don't have it like that right now so I just do it where I can right. you know what mm-hmm. I mean I, I look off for somebody on the street one person but I would love to just do someday just do something for like a whole neighborhood yeah. for a what school I, what whatever. I want to do is I want to like one day hopefully I want to like start an own my own like basketball 
organization like yeah. thing for kids. But for sure. I want it to be free. I don't want yeah. them to nope, have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them I something want, to that's do. That's what I want to do. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be cool. We should so. look into that. Yeah. Because we could, we could definitely do that. I would love to do that. Like almost like a Snoop Youth Football League. Yeah, something but like that. But like for... For, for basketball yeah. cause we just, just so you know so they don't have to pay for it and then yeah cause that, exclude, that, exclude, like that. that excludes a lot of kids right and uh, then yeah. like just to get them off the streets they got something they can do after school for stuff sure. like that and just for sure I think that would be super cool yeah yeah we yeah. should definitely look into that especially cause there's so much talent in Baltimore man for sure these kids yeah. don't have yep. nothing they don't have anywhere to go do it man people taking the rims down which I understand I understand we're on our soapbox so that's, we might as well stay on it like, I understand you live in a neighborhood whatever you don't want a bunch of kids coming around leaving litter and all this kind of stuff, but for them to be on that spot, yeah, in that playground playing basketball, even if they're littering, they're not doing a lot of worse things that they could yeah. be doing. I mean, so we've just, been we not we wasn't bad kids, but we no, we might have littered. Courts and it was like, yeah, they took the damn damn yeah. the rims now just because kids are being loud and having a good time, but they're being loud and having a good time and not being loud like throwing rocks through windows, yeah. You know, so it's like it's, there's a trade-off yeah. there. Kids got to get that energy out somehow, yeah. and you rather them be in there on there with a, a basketball, and maybe a fight breaks out, people yeah. break the fight up, it's done, whatever. But that's better than them fighting in front of your house yeah. or breaking into your house or whatever. So yeah. that tearing the rim down shit is just really when I see a na- I immediately know where I am, what neighborhood I'm in, yeah. or what kind of neighborhood I'm in when I see the rims taken down. Yeah. That's a that's an assault on the, all the kids that live in that neighborhood saying, "Don't come around here." Yeah. But you do get it though. I get it. Some course got people climbing up on the I get slurs it. and shit on there. And, I get it. Right. I 100% get it. Right. But I also understand that there's a lot of kids that don't, don't have anything else. They don't have anything. Yeah. There's no other court. There's no... Then yeah. We just don't play basketball The ones anymore. that being punished that it has nothing to do with. For it. sure. Yeah. You know, so it's just a hard balance, man. I understand wanting to keep the riffraff out, but punishing all the kids, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's tough, you know? I, that's tough, man. I, I hate seeing that. I hate seeing a, a perfectly good court empty because they just snatched the rims down yeah you know so that that really you know especially when these schools are getting defunded there's no after school specials yeah after school programs so it's like the school's not giving them something to do yeah. and they can't even just go outside and and, and and play basketball and the kids that's doing it go to the damn school it's like what? <laughs> it's tough man it's tough yeah. it's always tough but yeah. you know good vibes holiday season we're not gonna go into that any further um, shout out to Professor Ogilvy. Shout out to uh, <laughs> shout out to Bumper Robinson from the Jackson Five American Dream movie. Uh, shout out to uh, who else? You know, shout out to all of them. Shout out to all those. You know, I feel like Mike Epps is kind of black famous. I don't know too many white people that like know Mike Epps off you know off rip. Yeah. Um, shout out to Joe. Made some classic. He was a he was a dirty macker man. That Joe that Joe made some dirty girl stealing music. Yeah. D'Angelo. Shout out to all the black famous people, man. Because you know I think that people. Um, being black famous is taken for granted a lot. Everybody wants to be the biggest star in the world. But, yeah. you know, for same thing for, you know, if you're the biggest Latin star, if you're the biggest star in Ireland, whatever, when your people love you, it's nothing like it, man. Don't sell that out to get more fame that might go away. That's how Robin Thicke fucked up. Black people loved Robin Thicke. Yeah, well, he fucked up on his own. Though. But, yeah, but he was in his R&B bag and had a, had a nice little fan base. Then he made that one song, blew up, started cheating on his wife. He might have been cheating on his wife the whole time, but when he was black famous, he wasn't putting her on Front Street like that. That wasn't just his wife, though. Who, Paula Patton? Yes, that's Paula Patton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, whoever he cheated on her with was a, was a bird compared to Paula Patton. It doesn't matter what the girl looked yeah. like. Come on, man. That's Paula it's Paula Patton, Patton and she loves you and got your kids and you know that's your home life. And then you and then the crazy thing about that, he locked that up early. Yeah, like from like fifteen. 
But you know they say this this heard. go this goes for girls and guys, man. For every like dime piece guy, girl, whatever that you're looking at, it's somebody that's t- in the world somewhere tired of them. It's Paula Patton, man. I got you, but pa- it's been Paula for you know Robin Thicke to seen her with a mud mask on. And, I forgot you know, about Robin Thicke. We just brought him up. Yeah, because the world the world <laughs> forgot about him. He had that one hit. He was like, "I'm out of here, black folks. Yeah. I'm a pop star now." And then white people were like, oh, "That song was cool, but." I don't like you anymore. Then he was on whatever that show is, Grab My Heart. Yeah, his, his career fell. Yeah. My, my, point, my, point, my point being is, it's okay to just be marginally famous sometimes. You don't try to climb to the... Sometimes it's cool to be in the middle of the mountain. Set up camp, get a tent, just yeah. chill out in the middle of the mountain. You go to the mountaintop, the fall is bigger, man. Yeah. That fall from the top is way harder. And if you fall climbing, everybody's going to forget about you, man. Black, black famous is dangerous, though. Why is black famous? Oh, okay. Tell me, please. Because, man, jealousy. <clears throat> Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, dangerous. Shout out to Lauren London. Too. I don't know if you saw that Puma commercial. That was very was beautiful. Great. That was beautiful, man. It. That was beautiful. I was touching that. Uh, that um, that choked me up a little bit. That was a beautiful um thing. But yeah, uh, yes, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um. Anything. Anyway, with that being said, uh, happy holidays. I don't know if Hanukkah is in the happening or it's about to happen. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there. I don't know who celebrates Kwanzaa, but if you do celebrate Kwanzaa, shout out to you. Happy Kwanzaa to you. And, uh, you know, Ramadan and all the other things, all the other, um, you know, holidays, religious holidays and, and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, everybody enjoy the winter season and the festivities and have a good time. And we'll see you guys next week. I've been Alvin Williams. Joined as always by my partner in True Conference. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park